Hey everybody, this is Michael. Just a quick note before we start this week's show. We had some audio issues that we didn't discover until after we were finished recording. We're not sure exactly what happened with Chris's mic, that he sounds like he's standing a room length away from it, but just giving you a heads up, we will do our best to not repeat this next week. Thanks for your patience in the meantime. everybody, and welcome to episode 542 of Vigigame Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparis, coming to you from the Chris Parker Memorial Studio of the Airwaves, if you want it to be the U Memorial Studio of the Airwaves, and hear me say your name something like Chris Parker. Uh, I don't know if that's even a joke. Go to uh, patreon.com slash laser time and join us at the $20 level. Who's joining Only me now? Only works in text. I've tried to use yeah. your crispy rat for Chris Pratt thing, it just doesn't work nope. when you say it. It's, it sounds like Chris Pratt. You have to you have to have an unnatural pause. Crisp rat. Rat. Yeah. <laughs> Introduce yourself, Chris. Ah, actually, Lauren Boebert, apparently Chris Antista. <laughs> I will vape in hand job during a play, as it turns out. I'm like, <laughs> but only Beetlejuice. Oh, maybe only. Be- I haven't seen it yet, but yeah. it, it was fine at Christmas Carol. Yeah, and we have two special guests. Decide amongst yourselves who goes first. Steve usually goes first. That's that's the tradition that we established many years ago. <laughs> that's that <laughs> sure. is the hierarchy. Uh, my name is Steve Gunley. You can call me the Prism. Wow. And Hello, Steve. Other special guest. Sound off. Hello. This is Woody Siskowski coming to you live from the Woody Siskowski Memorial Theater, and I can I can call it that because uh, it's my home. That's it's the example. I just I put plaques on everyone every one of my doors in my home. The Woody Siskowski Memorial Laundry Room, nice. and then, yeah, and when the people <laughs> no. when people buy this house after me, they will just sort of be confused. Yeah, why are there googly eyes at the bottom of all the toilet tanks? <laughs> yeah. You got Woody. So this is this is like an Ultra sixty four Wii Universe reunion. It is, that, yeah, you know, absolutely. We, we I did not a... help deliberately engineer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's been, uh, we, we have not recorded together since uh, we ended our show uh, We Universe back in January, so this wow. is exciting Which, to be uh, If I remember correctly, you guys might have been on the last we episode, were. not yeah. the last episode of a game that we covered, we talked Breath of the Wild, That's and right. that was before Steve and I did the, the four-hour marathon episode about every every game on the Wii U, um, yeah, God. but we, we mm-hmm. have, we have... After many years of podcasting together, we have moved to separate ends of the country and are living mm, me me generally a podcast free life. <laughs> oh, what's it like, man? Yeah, oh, quintupled my podcast intake. Yeah, and going sorry insane. about that. That's not all my fault, Steve. It's Steve's not all your fault. Sorry. Joined us a ton on Patreon.com slash Laser Time, but you got two shows. I want to say new, but they've been going for a, a, a couple months. But uh, yeah, I think Puppet that's Masters still Castle new in the Freaks. world of podcasts. Just yeah, in yeah. time for Halloween, Puppet Master Castle Freaks. Absolutely, yeah. We got uh, Puppet Masters and Castle Freaks, which I do with uh, Jared Hornbeck. We talk about 
Horror movies, specifically we're talking about movies from the Full Moon and Empire catalogs, basically anything that uh, Charles Band has his fingerprints on. So these are movies ranging from, obviously, the title, Puppet Masters, Castle Freaks. We also look into movies like uh, Reanimator and From Beyond and Ooh. Eliminators and uh, uh, just a whole, uh, the, the killer, bo- or Evil Bong, Killjoy, lots of... Lots of pretty good stuff. Lots of pretty terrible stuff. We're having a great ba- time. Babes in the Slime Ball Bolorama. Does that? Yeah, fall we did that one. That? We did that yeah. one okay. with yeah, uh, and other thirty twenty ten co host uh, J.R. Rawls. Yeah. The best tease I can give it is like I'm like yeah, let me come on do some stuff and like the guests you have lined up are all insane. Yeah. And yeah. Make me seem I'm way underqualified. <laughs> Not people actually least. involved in the movies or like like incredibly notable people in the horror community. It's fucking rad, dude. It's, it, it, it's like been, I haven't yeah dived into so all of it, cool. but I might. It's been, it's been so cool seeing how many people uh, want to come out and talk about these movies of all things. So so that's been really exciting. I'm also working on a show called Cinema Arcade, which is uh, every week we are watching a movie and then playing the game based on it, uh, comparing, contrasting. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. We get to talk about a lot of crazy movies, and then uh, sometimes they really shoehorn games in there, and uh, you have to try and figure out exactly how those happen. But Can you give us a great time? I, I want to know the preview. What is the game that you have played so far that seems the least conducive to having a video game adaptation i mean vertigo vertigo oh, yeah, right. <laughs> absolutely be the weirdest one and they they managed to do it by just completely ignoring the movie 100 percent and yeah. doing its own thing yeah. so i didn't even know there San was Diego. a video game mm-hmm. yeah 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 that's a recent one yeah yeah okay. so, uh, i volunteer michael for platoon <laughs> oh dude yeah come on platoon. <laughs> It's the only one i know has played the nes platoon yeah, I, I think i played it briefly i did not understand it uh, yeah, it's yeah. just kind of bad. Well, yeah, I mean, bit. you just you just described every NES movie adaptation that exists. <laughs> I, I, I daily, I probably think about that NES adaptation of Back to the Future two and three, where you have to jump over sentient hamburgers. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it's just it's just a totally bizarre time game. travel anomalies. That's all they. Um, oh yeah, yeah. If it has ocean on the box, it's probably bad. Yeah. That's my experience. Generally. Um, well, look look forward to those Jurassic Park game collections. Oh, yeah. 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 Dreading that one. Dreading doing all the Harry Potters. Dreading doing all the... Yeah, there's oh, there's man. a lot I'm dreading, but there's a lot I'm looking forward to. a lot to, to dig into. Wow. I'll also get to play Chronicles of Riddick. That'll be great. Oh, yeah. That, that'll I, be I a high point. That I'll might be... Game. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know about the movie, but the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Game. All, time, all time best neck-shiving game that, oh. that that's mm-hmm. out there. Yeah, suck it, Manhunt. Yeah, <laughs> way better, way better to be Riddick. And and Woody, you're temporarily retired from podcasting, but is there anything else you want to direct people to? Uh, no, unless you're unless you're a fourth to sixth grader who lives in my town and wants to play pee wee soccer with me, then there's probably <laughs> a, probably not much that our listeners your listeners are interested in. And if enough so, of you join, know. he can start his own league. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, won't, it won't just look weird anymore. But, no, I, I do. I do feel like this is the best I have ever felt at soccer because I've never been like a great soccer player. But like when you get out there with a bunch of fourth to six year olds, you just like you just dribble around them. They try to steal the ball from you. You just sort of put your arm out. They can't touch it. You feel like <laughs> yeah. I feel like I feel like messy next to them. So I I thought I I had a little experience with that last year and just just unfocused balls of energy. I don't have the strength to play soccer oh, anymore. They're not tired at the end of an hour. It's fucking weird. <laughs> it's, it's so it's so it's so hard to get them to do one thing. You're like, all right, guys, we're gonna do a drill where you pass it to another player, and they're just you. You turn around and they're just shoving each other on the ground. 
<laughs> oh man. Yeah. Well, so this is a this is kind of a big week. Not a lot of new releases, but the ones that are hitting are pretty significant. Elsa of Pinocchio. Yeah, Liza P. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great, great title, and also Mortal Kombat One. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's technically the 31st year since Mortal Kombat debuted in arcades in 1992, mm-hmm. but it's the 30th anniversary of the home release. Mortal Monday. Yeah, Mortal Monday, and they've been leaning into that nostalgia with that commercial, but like, like now it's like people from all walks of life and Dave Bautista. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted to ask about that. Does Dave Bautista play any role in the game, or does he simply no. in that commercial for a couple no, seconds he, he's, shouting he's, Mortal Kombat? He's notable for the first person paid more than $50 to yell Mortal Kombat in a <laughs> Yeah, commercial. that's true. <laughs> and, that is a weird trend recently. Wasn't there like a Diablo 4 commercial like directed by Chloe Zhao from Nomadland? Like, they're, what? They're, they're getting Probably. some really prestigious people to just come in and do video game marketing and then just kind of peace out. <laughs> I mean that's that's typically how that business works for some weird reason. Like uh, I yeah. was talking to someone the other day, like I don't know what Jen- Barry Jenkins is doing after winning the Oscar for Moonlight. Yeah, he's from my alma mater, but like the dude's been making commercials for fucking years. Yeah, and he's, pretty he, set. He, he, he's the game director for Hotline Miami Three. <laughs> <You know>, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I saw that commercial and I assumed that like one of the new characters must have been modeled on Dave Bautista or something because that seems like it would have been a pretty natural fit. But uh, yeah. apparently not. Yeah, they just they so. just wanted his Mortal Kombat yell. Yeah. Uh, after after he died in Guardians Three, they wanted to give him something else to do. And I'm only saying that because I talked to someone who really thinks that's what happened, so they haven't seen it. Like. Like, uh. <laughs> I would not actually spoil Guardians for you. Uh, yeah, just, you know, gets shot and falls down, and that's it. You never see him again. And yeah, nobody yeah. talks about it, even. Knocks well, yeah, on a cabin the movie. and pieces out, yeah. Yeah, yeah. unbelievable. Like, like, like in, be in the end credits, Guardian. someone says, like, oh, hey, what happened to Drax? And, like, Rocket says, who? And that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Mortal Kombat 1. It's a really fun game. I got into it. I played through the story in one shot thought it was fantastic but it also inspired me to want to take a look back at those early days of mortal kombat when every other game was trying to be mortal kombat and we saw this weird glut of absolutely forgettable knockoffs that had digitized actors spurting gore sometimes for no reason usually (laughs) they'd have some sort of fatalities and uh i kind of got into the weeds looking at some of these and found out like yeah there are some really infamous ones yeah, like, yeah it, it, even at the time i couldn't like understand why these games weren't as good but it, it shows you can see it so much now the art and balance of something like street fighter being hard to replicate but like dude even the like digitized performances people half-ass that shit mm. Forever after Mortal Kombat. Like, you have them as a template. Do at least as many sprites as they did, and they never do. It was interesting to go back and play these games that are on the list that Michael gave us because it's like... The original Mortal Kombat is not a very good game. I don't think that I'm breaking any new ground by saying that. Like, obviously it was hugely influential and hugely popular, but you go back and play it and you're like, this is pretty janky. But after playing these games, I'm like, wow... The original Mortal Kombat did a lot of stuff right. 
because these games do not yeah. do it right. <laughs> like, the original Mortal Kombat is at least fun. I mean, there's very little difference between the characters other than the special moves. It's it's a very shallow game, but it's enjoyable. Like, everything feels good to play. Yeah, and it got way better, you know, like yeah. pretty oh, noticeably yeah, sure. better between Mortal Kombat 1 and 2. I mean, it was oh, yeah. massive. And what I, would, what I really noticed um, coming in on these games is the really impressive thing that Mortal, the original Mortal Kombat pulled off is that game is cool. Like, the characters mm-hmm. are cool and look cool, mm-hmm. and pretty much all of these other games that we're talking about today... All the characters look like giant dorks. It's like this digitized humans, like they all look terrible and you can't help but imagine this person like doing the motion capture kind of like awkwardly hunched over or this girl in this leopard costume like humping the ground. Yeah. Like it, 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 looks, it, it looks like your dad found a nearby Japantown photo kiosk and just <laughs> smilingly took a bunch of insincere fight poses. It's it's all so dumb. I just kept thinking a bunch of fights kept breaking out at a party city, you know? <laughs> like really yeah. cheap looking like plastic rain slickers that people are putting on saying, I'm a gangster. Yeah, um, I accidentally walked into a team building exercise and I ended up in the game. <laughs> Yeah, Shit, so who's like, murder mystery yeah, party? They just they <laughs> yeah, just yeah, raided exactly. a giant cardboard box full of costumes. <laughs> so it's like a huge, you know, a huge shout out to John Tobias, like the designer of all these original characters from Mortal Kombat, because it's like you see these character, yeah, it's like Reptile and or Sub Zero and Scorpion don't look very much different from a model, but like they look cool, and you like kind of want to know more about them, and it's like a world you're excited to live in, and like. One of these games we're talking about just has, like, a character called Anvil, who's just, like, a dude in a camo suit. And you're like, why do I give a shit about this? Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, let, yeah, let's begin with that one. Prepare to eat lead, baby! <laughs> if that sounds terrible, good. It needs to. <laughs> it sounds like John Krikvaluski screaming outside of his Peter Lorre impression. <laughs> you idiot! So the, yeah, it, this game is Shadow War of Succession, also known as Shadow Warriors in Japan. And in other news, it somehow made it to Japan by Tribeca Studios, TNE Soft, and it is unplayable. Honestly, <laughs> like yeah, it, it just like even getting it to run on an emulator, I had to sort of tinker with the the clock speed settings to slow it down <laughs> enough where it wasn't just like unplayably fast. And But even then, it's just like, I f- don't feel like I have any control over the characters. I'm just kind of jumping around. Uh, I try to hit an attack button, and my opponent just moves in and cuts me off midway constantly. Like, And then I'm dead in, like, four hits. <laughs> and I'm... I was thinking that maybe I was just thinking that because I've been playing a lot of Baldur's Gate 3 lately, but the frame rate seems to be determined by a constantly rolling D20. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it, it's so wildly inconsistent. It's like, now it's two frames. Now it's 18 frames. Now, like, and it's it's never more than 20, uh, but it always feels like it's in flux. Yeah. And the, the main, the, the fighting characters are like, not only do they look very cheaply outfitted, it's, it's also like they're somehow incompetently shot. Like, this is, <laughs> This looks like, this doesn't look like a person. This looks like a badly lit photograph of a person yep. that you cut out and animated, which is exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you see, I think we've all seen those behind the scenes MK1 photo shoots now. Like it mm-hmm. was painstaking, like with, with lighting, like, su- like suspending actors on their crotches over green screen. Like 
I think it was a lot more work than a lot of these developers thought. These this does look like stock photos. Stock yeah. photos. If you were to type in ninja or gangster, yeah, or army man, and you can kind of imagine what they had in their heads looking at these characters. But it's it's like putting on a Halloween costume or something, or like seeing a photo, a bad photo of someone else's Halloween costume. It's like, yeah, this this does not look the way you imagined it. No, uh, this this guy in a re- in a leather jacket just looks like some flabby loser who. Is wearing your dad's leather jacket. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, like these characters. Aside from all looking terrible, like the character designs are incredibly uninteresting. Like yeah. this game, it, it, the this has like an intro cinematic of like a helicopter flying into New York City um, and like blowing up some giant penthouse building, and then there's a news flash that this millionaire has died and nobody knows the source like nobody knows how they died even though this helicopter like clearly came and shot up the whole side of the building and then the game just cuts to the character select screen and you're like what the hell does the beginning of this game have to do with this at all and i think i'm just putting it together now that since it's called war of succession like i guess you play as this guy's underlings and you're trying to become the new head of this crime boss but like all of these characters like like you said, this for a lot of these digitized games, there's the feeling of they just sort of found a costume box and sort of dug into it. But here they didn't even, like, have a costume box. It was just, like, things that they had laying around at home. There's a yeah. character just in a jumpsuit and a ski mask, and, like, that's his character. Yeah, he, he looks like Paul Dano's Riddler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's just a guy, yeah, a guy in sunglasses and trench coats, a guy yeah. in a fedora, a... a a woman with like a skin tight red suit and it's and like names like Gabriella and like yeah. Carlos and it's just like <laughs> this this none of this seems Gross. the least bit interesting yeah. let no. alone a, remotely playable a woman in a kind of poorly fitting business suit who has a katana and sounds like this my name is Erica Storm you killed my father prepare to die <laughs> what why is that voice sample sound so clear and clean? And then the minute that the actual sound effects work, uh, so many of these games have Shao Kahn knockoffs. Mm-hmm. Why does that all sound like the worst compression? It's yeah. just like it's and it's non-stop. Like you're always hearing these constant, like identical grunts over and over, and they don't really seem to match up with who your actual fighters are. It's like they clearly had one intern who just spent a day grunting into a mic until they found the ooh, best one. Ah, ooh, ooh, ah, ooh, ooh. Just, they just, they just, they just mic'd a random Chicago Taco Bell bathroom. <laughs> just threw it all in the game. But there is like kind of a weird vibe to this. Like they, someone in in the process thought this was going to be the the realistic, mature take on Mortal Kombat. This is like a gritty crime sure. story. There are no like dragons or mysticism or anything like that. They're like this is this is the Michael Mann fighting game. Yeah. You, you know what else there aren't any of? Fatalities. Zero oh, fatalities. Even though they have a fatality prompt. They, they forgot to put any in there, so all you can do is hit them and they fall down. This game, I mean, this game's not really very violent in general. Like, there's yeah. a little bit of blood when you kick someone, but a character has a Tommy gun, and when he shoots you, there is no blood. Most the, of the, the main the guys with guns are hilarious because they hold them way too stupidly. I have a yeah. feeling it's they can't hold them out too far because their hitbox would grow too big. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. every bullet travels like amazingly, like a feather. <laughs> it's, it's just yeah, pointless. This is the 
this is the style of game that you don't see very much anymore, and this is the sort of thing that sort of only emerges if you take on these like weird podcasting projects, mm-hmm. or you sort of digging in the annals of an emulator or something like that. Um, where or you got fired from the Tim and Eric show? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where it's like this isn't just like a game that is bad. It's like a game that almost seems like a criminal endeavor. Where yeah. it's just like one person was in the basement. It's like I gotta pump out something like and and get some people to buy it. And you know, it's, there's it's, there's movies like that too, where it's just like there's there's not even an attempt to reach a baseline of competence. It's just like what is the cheapest possible thing I can pump out and how many copies of it can I sell? And the three D O this is a, a money laundering front. This whole endeavor. <laughs> I mean, I, the, the 3DO was a breeding ground for games like that. Like, plumbers don't wear ties mm. and, like, and possibly another game we might talk about at some <laughs> point. But, you know, yeah, there, there are a lot of games like that that are locked on the 3DO. Was it just because of how cheap CDs were to make that, like, mm-hmm. oh, we can, everybody can get in on this now? Mm-hmm. Well, and Panasonic well, and- was kind of, weren't they sort of, like, laissez-faire with their licensing? They, mm, they manufactured the 3DO to kind of be like a VCR, where, like, right. the VCR was created by one company, but they loaned out the technology so everybody could make their own. That's what the 3DO was. There's, like, four or five different versions of that console. And I imagine mm. they weren't doing much, like, security checks on those or quality checks. Or quality well, And, like, FMV, like, is a lot cheaper because if you only have six people working on your game you're like yeah. all right you three you three play the male characters you three play the female <laughs> characters or um well that's that's a pretty bold assumption to assume that there's three female employees working <laughs> on a 3do game um but, it does, some of the sometimes it does look like the same person you know yeah, yeah. the last boss they like actually like drew a sprite over yeah. somebody and that's like kind of the one part of the game that looks pretty good. Like, I think yeah. that's that's a good-looking sprite. I'm like, why didn't more 3DO games use big, colorful sprites like this? That's so. why we saved it for the last boss. It was special. <laughs> like, that's what's weird, is to, like, leave out fatalities like that. It doesn't look like 3DO did any quality assurance, so I can't imagine, like, dude, we need this now. Uh, Shadow of War of Secession is going to save this platform. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, this is the si- style of game that is as bad as a game could possibly be. Like, you, you could easily put this at the list of the worst games that exist because it's just no fun and nothing works and it really couldn't be any worse than it is. You, you know that if it's it's only on 3DO. It didn't muster the any any inclination to leave it <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't think anyone else would want it i know but just like there were so many other platforms you could have put this on you probably could have like brought it kicked it down to super nintendo but why would you mm. nintendo probably wouldn't allow it probably yeah i mean not. this this one isn't even like fun to play ironically like there's no. just nothing there's just no enjoyment like, to be and, gleaned from this game and it has some really hilariously awful voice clips but not enough of them here's most of them you killed me once but now I am more powerful than you can ever imagine. Your father always said that his greatest disappointment was not having a son. Your soul is mine. Get a life. No one will stand in my way. You do not have the skills to defeat me, commoner. Is that all you got? Is that all you got? That's it. That's most of the game's charm, right all, there. All I yeah, can right see is, is a puppet show performed only by my mother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, they stole an actual line, like, straight from Mortal Kombat in there. Like, that, not yes. even ambiguously. And one from and Chris Star- And Star Wars, <laughs> and Princess Bride. Yes. they just like, what's the coolest lines we've ever heard? Do we have to pay for any of these? Not if no one finds it. Put it on the video. <laughs> yeah. 
It's one way to get around copyright law. Just make a product no one will see. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Put it on the Gizmondo. You are not your fucking khakis! <laughs> <laughs> well, it I... takes brass balls to sell real estate! <laughs> <laughs> I, I ordered these in order of quality, so the good news is it's going to be all uphill or, or downhill. It, it's going to get better from here yeah. on out. Number four. It's not going to get much better. Uh, <laughs> so we're, still, pre, we're still uh, stuck on the 3DO. It's pre-PlayStation requiring every game to have Dragula in it. Mm-hmm. Yes. The, the I previous mean, album's White Zombie single. Just to, to, get, to provide a little context, uh, if you watched HBO this year and you were absolutely heartbroken by one of the best episodes of television featuring Nick Offerman... Uh, this game is the reason why you got to do that. Yes. So what? This is Way of the Warrior. It's oh. it's one of Naughty Dog's early games. Oh. And they had a string like Keith the Thief and Rings of Power. And apparently they had not been getting a lot of success after Rings of Power. And they, they struck a deal with Trip Hawkins to like, you know, let's let's make this fighting game for the 3DO. That'll be our highway to success. <laughs> let's get yeah. on the 3DO. And amazingly, yeah, Way of the Warrior did not sink Naughty Dog. It actually did pretty well because they got in at a really oh, yeah. opportune moment, like early in the system's lifespan. Like it was the first major fighting game on 3DO. And it mm. was a time when like Mortal Kombat was super hot. Street Fighter was super hot, so any game that looked like them was probably going to be successful, even if it blew. And Way of the Warrior, I think, had the advantage of being sort of a tech demo. Like, despite when when you find out how this game was made, like you must have, you guys must have been incredibly talented programmers and designers to pull this off because, like, they didn't have a studio, they didn't have a green screen or blue screen. They had, I, I guess, like a tan uh, screen that they, they hung up. <laughs> and then they invited, like, friends and family to put on costumes that, again, were just bargain bin costumes. I think they, like, went to a thrift store and just bought the clothes for cheap. And, uh, like, we'll, we'll shoot you in front of these. Then we'll, like, painstakingly paint out the backgrounds using a Mac and animate them and create all these backgrounds and... Uh, so what you have is is something that looks very impressive. Like, it yeah. does a bunch of cool things that fighting games did at the time. Like, it would, uh, you know, the, as you'd get further away from each other, the camera would zoom out and the pixels the samurai showdown effect, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, like, this, game, this game looks great. It's funny to think, because I always think of, like, Naughty Dog's thing as, like, as good as their games are, like, graphics are almost always the centerpiece of their games, and, like, huge huge characters like hugely detailed characters mm-hmm. and it's cool to think like way back you know in 1994 that was still something that they put front and center because yeah this this game especially compared to shadow or whatever like all of the digitized characters i mean again they still look like giant dorks but they oh, look yeah. like <laughs> giant dorks in very nice clean resolution mm-hmm. yes. like, yeah, yeah they're giant dorks with slightly better posture 
<laughs> Which makes them look like neo-Nazis for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Don't like but, it. Right. But man, this is another fighting game that just absolutely forgot to inject any personality into its roster. Like, yeah. The most interesting character you get here is Shaky Jake, and that's really about <laughs> it. Yeah. His, fi- his fighting style is Outback. Yes. <laughs> he's blooming like, onions at you. Clearly a knockoff of Billy Kane from Fatal Fury. Mm. Like he he just crouches and twirls a stick, which is Billy Kane's thing. Uh but yeah, the I think the most memorable character out of this is a talking skull with a triple yin yang tattoo on its forehead that is probably the <laughs> the inspiration for the ghost of Christmas past from the future. Hard indeed, for I tell a tale known to precious few, and extend the challenge to compete with the greatest warriors the world has ever known. The victor will gain entrance in the Book of Warriors, and his name will be law for centuries to come. Although nobody knows from whence the Book of Fighting came, it is known that it is the complete compilation of the world's greatest competitors. Shut up and uppercut, God! <laughs> Written by magic in the blood of champions, the book has been kept since before history. <laughs> yeah, God. it's just just I, I I love how he trips over the the diction like halfway through that, and it's like, no, keep it in. We'll we'll keep keep going. This isn't worth re-recording. We, we only have one cassette tape. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, the, the mall is closing soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that this game is a I mean a huge step up from at least the last one we played because yeah. I think there is some ironic enjoyment to be found um the the combination of the digitized actors and the white zombie soundtrack Mm -hmm. is just screams 90s to me like Mm -hmm. i think i've only heard two white zombie songs and one of them is the one that's in guitar hero and the other one is like the one that plays in one of the tony hawk games and as far as i'm concerned like they both sound identical and they both sound like the background of this song of this (laughs) of this game did yeah. it, I, I was not able to, like, win a fight in any of these games. Like, I could yeah. not get no, past, like, any of... So I don't know if different white zombie songs play in later levels, or if it's just that song over and over. Right. Yeah, it, 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 I mean, it is, it is different songs. I guess, apparently, what happened was they showed this game at CES, and I, I think there was a, a bidding war that erupted over it, which should blow your mind if you've played it (laughs) and universal ended up getting the rights and through universal Mm -hmm. they then had the opportunity to go on and make the crash bandicoot games for Mm -hmm. playstation but universal had a library of music and rob zombie was also contracted through universal so they're like how about rob zombie he's big right now sort of and now i I think I don't care how much you liked White Zombie to begin with. If, if you like this, if this is a good game and you play like dozens of hours of it, you will hate this band <laughs> by the time you're through. Yeah, this game, it, it is very difficult to play. It feels kind of sluggish. The jump is very vertical. It's hard to cover a lot of ground with it. Everything feels very slow, unresponsive. It's just slow garbage to play uh it looks really good it does a bunch of cool things it's one of the only 2d fighting games i've seen outside of smash that has like multiple tiered arenas a couple of them have like platforms you can climb on but it is pretty bad it does have a lot of cool fatalities there's a lot of gore there's uh, a lot of embarrassing vo (laughs) put him away reverse harry carry (laughs) You made me. Yeah, that 
<laughs> Wait, is reverse Harry Carey putting guts into somebody? <laughs> what is I think that? It's, I think it's slitting the, your opponent's belly instead of your own. Harry, oh, that ball way back in the pitcher's hand. It's a reverse Harry like Carey. No, no, this is a reverse oh. Harry Carey. <laughs> <laughs> hey! <laughs> yeah. Oh, I oh love my that God. character. Ah, well, Pharaoh's oh, scary. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's worth mentioning too. Like, I I mean, I, I I'm assuming you guys played this on an emulator too. Mm-hmm. I I uh, I couldn't. I don't have the 3DO. Uh, Woody did it on original 3DO. hardware. Woody's got it. Yeah, Woody did on original. So okay, you could testify. Like, 3DO controllers. Since it wasn't proprietary software, and since anybody could kind of make their own version, the 3DO controllers were a real crapshoot in terms of quality. Sometimes you would get some pretty decent, like hmm. Sega Genesis knockoffs. Sometimes they felt real, real squishy. And trying to do a fighting game on a controller with like no sense of precision at all, yeah, that's fair. Exacerbates it. And the controls on this are already kind of overcomplicated as it is. Yeah, well, it yeah, uses it the, the face. Very buttons, hard to ahead. tell what layers of this game are what what causes the problem whether or not it's running a burned disc on a you know 30 year old console <laughs> or the fact that it's just not a very good game or you know whatever controller i found at the yard sale that had the 3do which was I, yeah i think the official 3do controllers look like um sega genesis controllers this one that i had was a six button and felt as okay as it could for playing way of the warrior so yeah, yeah. well it's kind of like if i remember right it's kind of a an awkward control scheme where like so the, the 3DO controller has those three buttons. So A and C are like uh, like light punch or low punch and, and kick. And then the, the left and right shift buttons, the shoulder buttons are the other yeah. attacks. And then like I think B is block. So it's, yeah. it's sort of laid out like the Mortal Kombat controls but yeah it was also very weird for some reason there's a name entry thing so now my 3do knows my birthday i I don't know why panasonic decided they needed that information for way of the warrior but it's because every year on your birthday we'll destroy one of your games for free (laughs) you don't have to thank us it's our service to humanity well you know something else uh that was interesting about this game the final bosses were fucking just ridiculous like for yeah. for as as cheap as the the playable characters looked in this game the bosses were like these bizarre cg nightmare creations ray harryhausen skeleton battles yeah, yeah. like well you have to fight the home depot skeleton he's the yeah. final boss his name is cole and no the- not osmosis bones he's my friend <laughs> but before that you have to fight this thing the world's greatest warriors have fallen to your skills, and your heart was strong enough to vanquish your dark side. But now the Cathosahra, descendants of the Dragons of Lord, builders of the Citadel, lay claim to their ancient right of challenge. Prepare to meet the Cathosahra's champion. I can't tell if he's saying Carvangua or what, what the hell that word is. But yeah, I didn't it's, catch it. it's basically just a velociraptor with like a horn on its nose, I think. <laughs> okay, it's a, it's a valiant attempt, is what it is. Like, is it? Yeah. you didn't no know head. what you were making. Uh, what you made is technically very impressive and just abominable to play. I hate and, every and second playing this. It, 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 you said it like it, it, a bidding war happened at CES. It, this is kind of the story of all tech startups. Mm. It looks good. And we, we promise infinite potential, and then 
you know, <laughs> you run yeah. off with the money. <laughs> and yeah. even reading interviews with like Jason Rubin and the early Naughty Dog guys, they're like, yeah, we, we kind of got away with something here. It's like we, we yeah. knew yeah. this wasn't uh, really going to be something to stake our claim on, but, you know, it sold well enough that they got Yeah, it used yeah. to be video games and now it's Alzheimer's drugs. <laughs> exactly. It, it, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we we like yeah, the cyber trucks. They they got the 3DO dev kit. They they worked in their apartment again shooting the video for this in their apartment working on like a couple of Macs. It's uh yeah, for what they had and what they were working with, it's very impressive, but uh mm. do not play Way of the Warrior, you will regret it. But let's move along to number 3. <laughs> 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 I, I just oh. want to say I did not add those fart sounds they were oh, organic no. to the gameplay from me yeah. this, this is a game I have been fascinated by for years so I'm so excited that we're getting to talk yeah. about this I didn't know that this game was play. Like I didn't know you could play this game but you totally can yeah. it's totally you could just run it in MAME and it plays like I mean, it plays as finished of as any of the games we played. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I think there were tweaks, some certain tweaks, maybe, but it was kind of done. Yeah. Uh, it was just dumb. Yeah, it was. It... it was done. It was actually released to a few mm-hmm. arcades. Uh, I guess as as a test marketing thing. This is uh, this is Tattoo Assassins. Oh, a a oh, 1994 goodness. finished but unreleased fighting game, and an interesting story behind this. Because it was created by Data East's pinball division. Not Data East proper. And it was written by Bob Gale, who wrote Back to the Future. Yes. And then did this. And then he immediately went back to Back to the Future and has kind of just become like the, the, the arbiter of all things Back to the Future ever since. He doesn't really work very much anymore, but I think I'm, I've well, and he's the, and he's the arbiter. He's the, all, the arbiter of all things Tattoo Assassins. I know Universal yes, no, keeps yes. wanting to get the Tattoo Assassins sequ- sequel off the ground. Tattoo Assassins Part 2. It's called Tattoo Assassins. But it has a, it has a two instead of oh, the T O O. What waste right of potential? There. Yeah, yeah. And I, I found uh, out. I, I thought this was just canceled because it was bad. It turns out it was canceled because Sega bought it. Sega bought yeah. Data East Pinball Division, and uh, from what I have read, they were fixated on this idea that like, no, we only want to have Virtual Fighter. We want to concentrate all our energies behind that. So we're not going to have another Eternal Champions. We're not going to promote whatever this fucking tattoo assassins game is we're just gonna have virtual fighter from now and everything else is dead and so it went away before it ever got to be released and it's kind of just as well honestly like this is of of the three games we've talked about so far this is the best and most playable yeah i mean i don't i don't want to mislead you like this game is bad oh this game was much less bad than i thought it was gonna be i had a pretty good time playing tattoo assassins and unlike the first two this one is bursting with personality and memorable characters and just absolutely batshit weird stuff this is there was so many like when mortal kombat came out that they did such a good job of like cult of there were so many like urban legends around the game and then like um mortal kombat 2 had like you could like fight certain characters and then input a code really fast when the toasty guy came out and then you'd fight reptile or something like um or in the first one and like this game 
takes a bunch of those urban legends and like puts them in the game. Yeah. Like I distinctly yes. remember somebody like at the playground in middle school telling me that there were nudalities in Mortal yes. Kombat. <laughs> I, could, I heard that too, yeah. And I'm like, I'd never seen this, I've never heard of this. This game has nudalities in it. Yes. Here's like, here's a sound clip from one. <laughs> All you get is a shriek, and then like a, a a the the naked image of the person like covering up their junk, like coyly, like yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, they're already wearing pretty skimpy costumes anyway, so it mm-hmm. doesn't really seem like it's that much of a stretch for them. But yeah, no. but this, I mean, I, if you guys haven't done this as a topic someday, you've got to cover the history of rumored nude codes. In mm-hmm. <laughs> they were so prevalent, like every weird kid in elementary somebody, school. Somebody tried there was to convince me that there was a Super Mario RPG nude code. Oh, thank God! <laughs> I want to see that little cloud guy's dick. Yes, yeah. Mallow. <laughs> yes, I mean, like, yeah, no, there was the Laura Croft infamous one, there was, mm-hmm. like, the Extreme Beach Volleyball had one, a bunch of other fighting games, like, it was just such a recurring thing, and nobody ever did it until Tattoo Assassins And, and uh, also, because nobody ever thought that, like, pretty much what you can do is remove cl- clothing or make them all skin-colored, <laughs> you have to assume the developers hard-coded nipples and pubic hair in there, so you're not looking at an undressed Barbie doll, like, what the fuck yeah. is... You don't it, think it, it that they have their digitized the actors stripped down? It's like, all right, guys, everyone get naked. We're we're, we're filming we're the new modeling dialogues. everything. I'm just yeah. picturing this as the fighting game version of like Patrick Stewart's monologue in that extras episode. You know, like mm-hmm. oh yeah, they, they, they <laughs> heard clothes totally fall off. And I see everything. everything. I, see, I see it. It's all. too late. I've already seen see, everything. <laughs> I, I just want to say off the bat, uh, uh, the most I read about this game was when I met Dan and I went to his Dan website. Ever. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And if you go to the wiki now, he's one of four sources on this entire game. As while he was working at GamePro, he was tracking down every little bit about it because he was such a Mortal Kombat. What is this weird thing? How can we get to see it? And it's still this. He still has this weird archive of on BuddyEars.net of all of Tattoo Assassins. Yeah, it's where I read the most about it. This game is the most of so what we played. I think this is the one that's the most blatant of a ripoff mm-hmm. of Mortal yeah. Kombat. Like the story is pretty batshit. Like there's like some kind of haunted magical ink that yes. like goes through time and possesses yes. different warriors. It's, it's way too complicated. It's that yeah. a, a monk in a diaper comes up with like this sentient ink called <laughs> like the ink of guys or it's G H I Z E. And and then uh, finds that if you make tattoos out of it, it can briefly create living creatures from the tattoos. And uh, this was guarded by the color society or the color guard. And then the head of the color guard, Coldan, became evil, and uh, he possessed the the tattoo assassins. Only certain people can accept the tattoos without becoming mutants. And he he mind controlled <laughs> all the people who had the tattoos. But because of this other lady who also has tattoos, you can pick one of these uh, tattoo assassins to possess yourself and fight the other ones. Like, good lord, this is too complicated. Why? I just, I just like to let the listeners know that Michael just did that whole description from from memory. So that's yes. that's a professional at work, right? <laughs> there. there was no <laughs> notebook in play. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah. like any good fighting game worth its salt, you know, every character has their own motivations and their own backstory, mm-hmm. such as uh, this is a description from Giant Bomb Hannah Hart, a world class stripper on a mission to avenge her friend's death. 
<laughs> or Derek O'Toole, a rock star falsely accused of terrorist activities. Yeah. <laughs> I love that, yeah, Derek's uh, tattoo that comes out is just like a skeleton with a guitar and a cigarette. And yeah. one of his fatalities is it just plays its guitar really hard at people. And their skin falls Th- off. Yeah, we should talk be... about the fatalities. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, this might be the only fighting game that has probably more fatalities than special moves. Like, as mm-hmm. far as I can tell, like, a character only has one special move, and it's just assigned to a button. Like, you choose it before a fight, yeah. and then you just have a button that does that special move. But each character's got, like, five fatalities. At and least. they're like... Well, it th- should be... I mean, it should be noted, like, this game... Boasts of like more than two hundred different yeah, two thousand one hundred and ninety six is, like, is the number that one. This one is like one of, of those. This is like one of those cheap handhelds that you get that promises that it has seven hundred different yes. games on it, and mm-hmm. then it's like there's like one playable version of Frogger, and then it's like nine hundred pieces of crap or something. That, and then a bunch kind of, of color color right swaps of like we, this is yeah. Contra, and this is Contra with the five lives code enabled. This is a it different is, game. Yeah, it's so it's somewhere between Scribble Knots and unrestrained ChatGPT designing these fatalities. Kinda, yeah. yeah. I mean, one of the fatalities is just your guy turns into a stock image of a cactus, mm-hmm. or a squirrel, <laughs> or a boat, or or Whistler's mother. Uh, yes. <laughs> and and yeah, a lot of it is just like yeah, we're gonna drop like a JPEG of a bowling ball on your opponent, or uh, yeah, just, one, one of the characters gets burger like it gets burger time dropped yes. on them, and then it says burger time, which is I don't know. This stuff I made like me that. laugh. Yeah, because it's, like it's, it's very it's data, odd. It's data east. They can do that. And they also have a DeLorean fatality. And I have mm. a clip. And I think this is like, I feel like the, the sound in this game is incomplete. Like hmm. voice clips play and they usually have nothing to do with the characters that are on screen. Like, you know, mm. there can be two women fighting and you hear a dude go, like go Navy rules. Like <laughs> what the fuck was that about? Um, and and I think what happened here is instead of the sound clip for the blood splashing, they got a voice clip to play repeatedly when the DeLorean drives in and starts spraying blood everywhere with its wheels. Yeah, little little droplets of blood spraying everywhere, and you just hear that get up and fight. I was I was watching a Mystery Science Theater 2000 episode and they made the joke about that sound. What is that animal? <laughs> That's yeah, a good right? question. Yeah, what is that? I thought it was like a gibbon or something. Yeah, I always yeah. thought it was a monkey, but it's it's more of a bird because it goes ah afterwards. What is that animal? Yeah. <laughs> so they would just go on Mystery Science. Ooh, it's the ooh ah 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 animal. It's the jungle animal. That's the jungle animal to let you know you're not in Southern California. I mean, this one feels so, like, cheap and reactionary, too. One of the characters is an aggrieved figure skater. It's mm-hmm. obviously, <laughs> like, a reference to the Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding yeah. uh, uh, nonsense and, the time. And then like, her ending is she goes to Disneyland, which, like, wow, yes. I'm amazed you could get away with this. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's I mean, that was literally a, a tagline in a pro- popular promotional campaign. Like, it's beyond just being a Disney thing. Like, that is very actionable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was like Joe Montana's Super Bowl win quote. It became iconic. I'm going to Disneyland. And the the arcade cabinet for this game has kind of become like a holy grail collector's item because there were only yeah. two ever made. They were put out into test markets. One of them got purchased by a private collector. It was then destroyed in a flood. 
Oh, no. uh, and then the other one was at Data East headquarters, but I don't know. If, does Data East still have a headquarters? Like, Shit, if I know. Like, I, I thought they have been absorbed by like down. 10 companies at this point. Yeah, I think yeah. they're probably just like a license holding company. Yeah, I mean, they must they, be. But yeah, I imagine, yeah, they, they say they have the, the demo cabinet of uh, Tattoo Assassins in there. I'd love to see it. Which, if you've seen it, it just really just looks like it mostly tattoos yeah. like on an arcade cabinet yeah <laughs> well what I, what I like what i liked about this game is i think that the success and like of the original mortal Kombat was based mostly on like it's one of the few times that like video games have really succeeded in terms of exploitation like the way that like exploitation okay. movies had their heyday because yeah. it's like it was it's an inferior game to street fighter 2 but it's like, oh my god, you can rip out someone's spine. Mm-hmm. And um, this game, Tattoo Assassins, really goes for that as well. Like, the gameplay is, you know, not not good. Um, maybe close to on par with the first Mortal Kombat. But, like, they're like, what can we do to, like, offend people and get people talking and just, like, sort of get people to try out our game for the shock value? And so I feel like it's pretty true to the spirit of... Um, of Mortal Kombat, and it's pretty funny to go back to. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I was, I was tickled by Tattoo Assassins. And and you said yeah. it's the closest to Mortal Kombat. Like they even ape. Like if you've played the first Mortal Kombat, if you got used to like, you know, doing the sweeps, doing the uppercuts, they they feel exactly the same here. Like yeah. you're car- yeah. like you crouch and do a high punch. Your character will do that same uppercut for Mortal Kombat. Um, it's it's real easy to get into, and it. Like, and there are a lot of special moves that are the same for every character. Like, every character has a fucking fart move for some reason. They just turn, turn around and just, like, s- spray a noxious cloud. Because did- they got my letter, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to ask if Data East owned Booger Man, but I think that was, that was Inner That's Inner That was Inner Yeah, that was Inner But this, okay. this really does feel I don't know why I know that. like someone like made a game targeted specifically for 12-year-olds. Like, what did 12-year-olds yeah. like? And they went to a, a, a playground and they like heard all the rumors like animalities. Okay, we'll put those nudalities. Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, farts. You want fart attacks? We got fart yes. attacks. Here's a fartality. Get up and fight. That was a character lighting a man on fire with her farts, and then an unrelated guy screams, "Get up and fight!" Uh, what I what I really like most about that is just reusing a different sprite to make sprite to make this woman fart. I don't think she was told that was what was going to happen in the game. Uh, like, I can't imagine. Uh, you're wearing a thong. Don't ask any questions. Mm-hmm. You might kill someone with your ass heat. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. This beat Mortal Kombat to Animalities, right? Yes, yeah. And yeah. Although Animalities was... didn't show up to Mortal Kombat 3, or maybe even Ultimate Mortal Kombat yeah. 3. But it, okay. it took a different approach where you turn the, the your enemies into animals, as opposed to you turning into an animal and killing them. Like, yeah. your tattoos do that, but mm-hmm. you don't. It's a wonderful mess of a game. Great, great, great. Yeah, this... There's a guy named Cord. <laughs> Truck Davis. Oh yeah. God, Mystery Science Theater references again. Oh, and in case oh, you, yeah. you thought it couldn't get any more '90s, the uh, versus screen always starts with like a psych out, where first it shows the final boss, and then what does he do? He says, <laughs> and then it scrolls up to your actual opponent. Oh. It is not good. He gets me every time. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I really <laughs> thought I was going to fight Cold End now, but no, nope, he's oh. there. He goes, and there's like, uh-huh. sep- there, there's. 
the the sub bosses in this are fucking weird. Like one is like that is clearly a female bodybuilder in a bikini, and you put like a Ray Harryhausen Cyclops mask on her. Uh, yeah, there's Rhina. Yeah, Rhina. There's a zombie called Deke K. Very very clever. Uh, and and then just like a a guy who's like a prism, like a skull in a prism uh, body that you fight Which and break. Raises immediate questions about like personal hygiene that I'm not going to go into. But like, <laughs> dear lord, he's just like this pointy crystal guy with a skull floating around, and it's it's yeah. it's simultaneously like brilliant and uh, terrible and lazy and hilarious. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Prism is yeah. my man, and of course he's spelled with a Z. Of course. Uh, I I love this game, but slightly more enjoyable to play is our number two. Hurricane! Yeah, you know the iconic move, Hurricane! Dragon! Dragon! Yeah, uh, this is Street Fighter the movie, the arcade game. <laughs> Not to be confused with the home version for PlayStation and Saturn, which was made by Capcom and was basically just a reskin of Street Fighter II Turbo with, like, a couple characters that were different. Um, But, like, a substantially different reskin, like, in the sense that it's all digitized characters. Yes. So, yeah, that's the thing that they, they clearly wanted to have their own Mortal Kombat. So, as I've seen pointed out by multiple people... Mortal Kombat is a ripoff of Street Fighter. Street Fighter the movie is a ripoff of Mortal Kombat commissioned by the people behind Street Fighter. And they they contracted the company that made Time Killers to yeah. do it. This company, um, Incredible, Incredible Technology. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So they're they're best known for the Golden Tee games. The, of the golf games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but they, they had some experience with doing fighting games with time killers and with digitized live actor graphics. So Capcom's like, how about these guys? And they're like, we really don't know if we're up to this. And Capcom's like, here's a big pile of money. And they're like, okay. And <laughs> <laughs> so they they went to the, the movie set and they showed up like this this film crew to, to film the actors. And the actors are like, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, and so they, they, the actors held out for royalties on the arcade game. So they like this production crew had to stay there while this was renegotiated with you know between Capcom and the actors. And they finally got the go ahead. And so they, they you know captured all the actors in in the various I'm, poses from Street Fighter. I'm shocked as, as long as the writer strike's been going on that on set they negotiated royalties yeah. for a video game for the first time in history. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, they, I hope to God they had a body double for poor Raul Julia. Yes, he they was did. Dying of stomach cancer they, at the time. They like, used, I hope they yeah. didn't make him do this shit. They used his uh, his stunt double to do the motion capture. They also used Jean Claude Van Damme's stunt double for most of his capture because they only had him for like four hours. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, Raul Julia. His only appearance in the game is this. Game over. If wow, it's <laughs> a great line read. That's enough. It really That's is. Enough. That that whole movie is is great line reads. And just just to give him a little bit more of his due, I'm gonna play two more of my favorite lines from that gloriously stupid film. This is merely superconductor electromagnetism. 
Surely you've heard of it. It levitates bullet trains from Tokyo to Osaka. It levitates my desk where I ride the ride saddle, the saddle of, the of the world. And it levitates me. And he flies around and does a psycho crasher. Ah. <laughs> uh. You, you can't say he wasn't committed. Man. Yeah. He was going for it. He's got that great line in that movie about, like, uh, oh, for you, the day that Bison came to your village is the worst day of your yes, life. Yes, here we go. <laughs> for you, the day Bison graced your village was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was Tuesday. Yep, my favorite thing about that line might be that the key key part of it is clearly ADR. Like, oh yeah, that that was recorded in a different studio. That's that was dubbed over. Um, but yeah, it it works. It works. It's it's the best part of that movie, honestly. Yeah, I'm, I'm I said this is a movie and a game we're going to cover on Cinema Arcade in the future. It's it's similar to the Ratchet and Clank movie, which is based on the movie, which is or the Ratchet and Clank game, which is based on the movie, which is based on the game. This is right. kind of similar a robberous type uh video mm-hmm. game development here but I'm, I'm excited to get into it because i really only knew this game by its reputation and uh, by the look of it and it always felt like you know street fighter is kind of the thinking man's fighting game or at least that's what snobs will tell you and mm-hmm. like to lower themselves to make a mortal Kombat knockoff seems beneath them and pretty embarrassing on top of an already kind of embarrassing but fun movie uh, I was a little surprised that this game is kind of competent. Yeah. yeah. No, it, I, I was in the exact same boat as you, Steve. I just had this sort of know this as kind of a comedy game reference to just like as yeah. a weird thing that exists. But like, it's a decently fun game. Yeah, that's the thing that I'd, I'd always heard like, oh, the arcade version is awful. And like after playing a bit of it myself, it's like, yeah, you maybe need to play more awful games if <laughs> that's what you think, because it's it's not good. It feels like, you know, back in the day, before you had kind of standardized ports of games across multiple systems, it was pretty common for, like, games to be farmed out to different development studios that would basically Mm -hmm. make their own versions from the ground up. And some of them would be good and felt like the games you remember, and some of them would be, like, complete, janky, like, incompetent attempts to recreate it. This feels a little bit more, like, leaning in that direction. It's... It's like somebody did a port of Street Fighter 2 but didn't really understand it and yeah. kind of tried to add some of their own innovations. Um, some of them work better than others. Like uh, there are certain moves in this, I think, that were the first time in Street Fighter where characters could deflect projectiles back mm-hmm. at the, the person who originated them. Um, there is also uh, this, which is really annoying. Escape. So you can <laughs> not only you can do reversals when someone grabs you, you can reverse it and, and throw them instead. Uh, that made it into Street Fighter 3 as a key mechanic. But like you, when you throw someone, it is possible for them to escape the throw. So it just turns into a jump for them and then they land unharmed. And like there's a lot of throwing in this. The computer will try to grab you constantly. And uh, it, it can I, be kind of frustrating. I... I feel fortunate. I have, I the first person I ever heard go to bat for this game was Seth Killian. Really? Yes. Wow. But I think it may have may have been when he was already involved with the company. He learned under what conditions they made this and how quickly they did it. Like to basically 
reshoot a version of Street Fighter to come out so quickly, and like, it's not terrible, and it's it's a it's a I it may have been after hours. It's kind of a feat given what they were given to use and like how like they had to turn around a Street Fighter in like a month, mm-hmm. like a Street Fighter game back when that was taking a very long time. Yeah, uh, I forget exactly what he said, but yeah, it's not. It is nowhere near as terrible as people think it is. Yeah, and I, I don't even know it, how true it is to the idea of being a Mortal Kombat knockoff in the sense that it still uses that same six button Street Fighter scheme right. and like. I always yeah. associated Mortal Kombat as having a block button as sort of a key mm. difference. Um, mm. I do think I do think the yeah, and it's not particularly violent either. I do think the hilarious sort of ironic joy of this game is getting to play as Blanca, um, who is just has one of some of the worst, most embarrassing makeup of any character. Yeah. <laughs> I also really enjoy Ken from the. Uh, from the Street Fighter movie, because he just looks like some dude with an office job. Like he has <laughs> no sort of yeah. like kung fu vibes at all. Well, the the really puzzling one is that the the arcade version introduced Akuma, who was not in the movie, but in the game is played by Ernie Reyes Sr. Yeah, like, wow. he's a guy with a reputation. Like yeah. surf yeah. ninjas, baby. Yeah. Surf mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and so it's like, why <laughs> why do all that? I mean, that's cool. He did it, but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense unless he was like supposed to be in the movie at some point and then he just got cut. But the um, the other thing I want to talk about real quick is I, I played um, along with the arcade version. I played the Saturn version mm-hmm. um, because I was curious and like again in that sort of Ouroboros idea that Steve was talking about. Um, in a lot of ways, the story mode of the home console version kind of predates the Mortal Kombat story mode now. Because it assigns you, like, you start playing as Guile. Mm -hmm. And it's like, do you want to go to the market and, like, meet Ken and Ryu? Or do you want to go, like, talk with Chun-Li? And, like, depending on which route you go, Mm. it will take you to a different fight. So it's like, and there's digitized stills from the movie. And so it's basically this fighting game that very closely follows a narrative um, with a forced character that you have to play as which is yeah. you know yeah. mortal kombat did yeah. mortal kombat 9 and you're you're guile for for all of that but um the uh, oh you you are stuck as guile the whole time yeah yeah okay i remember that being kind of disappointing when i played that is through it's like why can't i play as anyone else oh because jean-claude van damme is the star fine <laughs> but uh the there, there is like when i say mortal kombat knockoff it's not just the uh the digitized graphics that there sure. is also some blood there's not a whole lot it is there, especially in the home version. Like, there's this character, Captain Sawada, who... He doesn't do this in the arcade. In the home version, he actually has a seppuku move where he slits his belly and a spray of blood shoots up and knocks <laughs> over your opponent. Uh, and the, you might be wondering, well, that's a like... victory, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you might be wondering, like, who is this Captain Sawada guy? Because he's a fairly minor character in the movie. And found out, like, oh, Capcom... This this actor is named Kenya Sawada. Capcom was pushing him hard because they really, really wanted him to play Ryu. Mm-hmm. And and then it turned out he didn't speak very much English, so he couldn't really act and do do the, the level of acting that was needed for the movie. So they, they assigned him to this modern role, but it's like, hey, we'll still give you a big role in the game. So he, he has a katana. He slices around. His ending is about him becoming uh the most beloved leader in uh, of all time in the world 
Uh, <laughs> which, okay, great. I mean, I, I believe their end game with Sawada was they wanted him to become a member of the proper, like, Street Fighter crew mm-hmm. in oh, like, that, later 2D games. Like, they were kind of be, setting yeah. him up to be a crossover character, and it just never yeah, really took. never, never did. There's also a weird bit of, like, leaning into Capcom trivia with this, and that there's a character named Blade in mm. in the arcade version who's, like, you know, one of Bison's soldiers. And then if you finish the, the campaign as him, spoilers... Uh, or the tournament, you find out he's an undercover agent and he's Guile's brother and has been feeding him information this whole time. And with Bison taking down, he can finally go back and do what he loves, wrestling under the name Gunlock. I'm like, okay, what is that? Like Saturday Night Slam Masters, there is a character named Gunlock who is rumored to be related to Guile. Oh, okay. So, so okay. yeah, like, oh, that's that's kind of a cool deep cut. Yeah. Um, yeah, you you guys did your homework. Hooray. It's a surprisingly enjoyable game. I really expected to hate it compared to the rest of these. It is fantastic. But another pleasant surprise was our... And if that's not ringing any bells for anybody, maybe this voice will. Let's not do this now. Oh, God. (laughs) I think he's saying, let's not do this now. Father Splinter? Yes. (laughs) So this is is actually two games, one of which is a retooled version of the other one. Jackie Chan, the Kung Fu Master. Mm. Uh, It was an arcade game starring digitized Jackie Chan... And I think members of his stunt team, like people mm-hmm. who were active in Hong Kong cinema at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was originally the boss. He was actually originally three bosses. Like, there are three different incarnations of Jackie Chan in this. There's Drunken Master, Five Animal Style, and then one that dresses like the prince in Cinderella. Like Disney's <laughs> version. Um, <laughs> it's like, I don't know, some sort of general. So they retooled this as Jackie Chan Fists of Fire where you now get to play as the three playable versions of Jackie. And, like, some of the formerly main characters are now, like, recolored as zombie or alien versions of themselves, but they still have their names, like uh, Thorsten Nickel is a stuntman Mm. who appears as just Thorsten. This does have fatalities. Interestingly, Jackie Chan is the only character who cannot be fatality. Murdered forever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, instead, when when you beat him, he offers a message of encouragement. You're getting better. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're he falls to the ground and gives you a thumbs up. Yeah, yeah, yes. I love Go that. home and be a family man. Do both. <laughs> I do love that. I mean, <clears throat> I feel like if this game had come out maybe just one or two years later, it would have had a lot more crossover appeal because mm-hmm. it's it's easy to forget at this point. I think this game came out in like 95 or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Jackie Chan was still kind of a cult figure for a lot of like mm. film nerds you know mm. he was that guy that everybody's always he's he's the scott adkins of today you know like mm. everybody's always telling well, yeah oh, dude this guy's amazing you got to check out his movies like jackie chan's international stardom was cemented but like his american stardom was rumble in the bronx is that 96 that was 96 yeah they yeah, did uh the, that was the first like theatrical american release of one a of three-year-old movies. movie that, that killed like when great, you consider what but, it was 
Prior to that, the only attempt to get him into an American film was Cannonball Run 2, back Two. in like 1981. Ooh. Where he plays Toyota. <clears throat> yes. That's his name offensive. in the movie. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know, but then he, he, he had not erupted into this like insane household name that he became. Uh, mm-hmm. And so like now it seems like, yeah, absolutely. It's a great idea to have a Jackie Chan game. But at this time, it would have seemed very obscure. You now know Jackie Chan and Frank Sinatra. Yes, they were in a movie together. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah, out of all the games on this list, like, this was the most immediately fun. Like, it took me a minute to figure out what I was doing. and But once I got the hang of it, it's just like, this actually feels good. Like, the yeah. characters are fun to control. Jackie especially is fun to control. Like, the drunken master moves look really good and really mm-hmm. fluid. And, and he looks better than off. everybody in the Street Fighter game, like doing like yeah. doing the poses. Yeah. yeah, the hit the hit detect like so many of these games like hit detection is such a major issue. It's like characters don't respond when you feel like you should have hit them, or like there's no sort of stun box or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And here, yeah, everything just feels very competent and fun. I did, I did feel like out of all of these, aside from Jackie Chan, like. No, none of the other characters really have all that much personality, except for the no. ca- character who is like running around in the New Year, you know, the New Year's dragon costume. Yeah, the, the mm, lion yeah. costume. Who oh. who has like l- weird attacks where like he he'll summon like little cartoon versions of himself on screen, and like that will swarm your your opponent as part of like a fatality. Um, yeah, it's so it's cool. it's cool. It's just yeah. a, a fun little thing to discover i had no idea this existed prior to researching this list now th- this got an american release right mm-hmm. not a yeah, not in, a big one but in it our did case come out yeah, yeah 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 so i mean it, it was one like it's it definitely with a lot of arcade games of this era it's like if you weren't there then you just kind of missed out on it because this yeah. is also around the time when we stopped doing arcade ports as regularly mm. which is still insane to me because the technology finally caught up enough to like do arcade perfect ports and then we stopped doing them uh but yeah, I, uh, I, 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 my distinct memory is like arcades were kind of dead street fighter blew the lid off that mortal Kombat came out and the next game that took the spot literally the spot in the cyber station of that game was ronma one half uh, a mm. property none of us had ever heard of but it was this gorgeous fighting game that had that attracted crowds, and that you can oh. still do that with an unknown property in America. Yeah, I didn't even know there was a, a Ranma arcade fighter fighting game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sense. Like it, huh. it looks gorgeous. Wow, I and uh, I've, I've, I don't know, and I don't know that it ever got a home port for a, in the state side. But it was where we were. Like it created lines, like people just to watch it. So I, I never saw this, but I could see it happening, even if Jackie Chan wasn't on the tip of. Your mother's lips yet. That's a joke he should make. Um, (laughs) But, like, Jackie Chan, I think, always had a really smart uh, control over his brand and his persona. And he was kind of an early adopter of video games. He had an NES game Mm. back before anyone knew who he was. It's a really good... It's a pretty solid little fighter. Isn't uh, Kung Fu based on one of his movies? Yeah. I believe so, yeah. 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 Meals on Wheels or whatever? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and so, like... It's it's no surprise that like the sprites in this game look really good and all of his moves are like very accurate and look as fluid and as good as they do in his movies. You know, it and, really does put every other mocap uh, like uh, performance to shame when you see yeah. Jackie Chan in these poses. Like, oh, oh shit, there's one guy who can actually do all this, even if he's not realistic. Realistically, chaining it together, the dude can balance and do things clearly. You know, 
Liu Kang and MK1 has some assistance. <laughs> yeah. Jackie Chan can do in real life. Uh, he has a Psycho Crusher move where he's like, how's he doing this? <laughs> well, yeah, and that's, I mean, that's sort of the charm of this game. All the other games that we played, like, you just imagine some, like, none of the punches seem to have much impact because you just imagine someone being filmed right. sort of who doesn't know what they're doing, kind of just yeah, flailing just their arms pun- around. and like, the air. Yeah. Every, everybody's whereas, kick is just them lifting their leg and some 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 tweening in between. Whereas, yeah, Chan is, can really strike these poses and transfer in between them, and you can see him do it in the game. It's cool. Well, that, that was something that I, I also found out about the Street Fighter game is that, like, a lot of those poses were captured. Like, the a lot of the actors weren't martial artists, right. and, and they didn't have the agility to do the things that were needed. So there would be a guy who would come and hold them in place yeah. <laughs> while they were the, the photos were shot, and then they would just paint him out of it. In a oh, green wow. man suit. Yeah. <laughs> Pardon me, Kylie Minogue. I'm going to handle your <laughs> tape me, for a second. Yeah, let me just hold your leg up here real quick. And uh... <laughs> All right, we got it? All right. <laughs> but yeah, this is, was a, a welcome surprise, and especially after playing some of the earlier games on this list, like, oh, this feels almost cozy like this is fun i i i just enjoy this and uh, yeah it's it's a quality game surprisingly maybe not compared to bigger names that you will know but um Mm. still worth seeking out but that has been our top five mortal kombat ripoffs from the the early days of mortal kombat from close to 30 years ago and uh on that note we're going to take a little break and when we come back we'll talk about Actual Mortal Kombat 1 and uh, Lies of P and a bunch of other stuff, so stay tuned. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. Alan over here to yeah. tell me more about not only trip to Japan, the, the most recent person I know to go to Tokyo Disney Sea, biggest, bestest, most expensive Disney theme park in the entire world, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, most good. expensively built, maybe not to visit right now with the strength of the dollar. Hey, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to mm-hmm. Tokyo Disney Sea twice to the point where oh, wow. ask me if I'd go again. Would you go again, Chris? I don't know that I would. That place has three-hour lines for everything. Well, the thing that I did, because the ticket, you know, with the with the conversion rate and stuff like that, the, the ticket itself to the park was only $70. Damn, really? Which is like half as expensive as Disneyland. Yeah. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And welcome back to our second segment where we're just going to dive headlong right into that steaming morass of... Mortal 
I've never been so relieved to do that stupid thing we did last week, and we don't have to talk about F Zero Ninety Nine. Well, has anyone else played Mortal Kombat One? Because I have. No, but I, I, I will. I will say you and oh, sorry, Steve, have you played it? <laughs> I've, I've downloaded it. Uh, it's still the the story mode is still like installing right now, but I got to play around with a little bit and got to try out the new uh, uh, cameo system and check out some of the grossness. And I'm uh, I, it's promising so far. Let yeah. me let me tell you, in the history of our group chat, I'm not sure I've seen the Michael Maddie team talk so much glowingly like children about a fucking game. <laughs> We're like, I don't have this. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. And uh, you guys may have talked about how much fun you were having with it for longer than I, most games we've ever talked about in our group chat. Wow. Wow. So like I mean I played a ton of, you know, 9 10 11 like give me give me like the two paragraph pitch of like what this does that makes it more much more meaningfully fun than those. Well, it's it's very much along those same lines. It reboots everything like it's it's another in canon reboot and I find it kind of admirable the way that they they've been able to pull this off at least twice now where it's just like, yeah, we're going to throw everything back to the beginning and we'll reimagine how these characters got back together, but it's all through time travel. So it's, it's all one continuity that just keeps resetting. And the big change this time around is of course, like, like uh, you mentioned, Steve, the cameo system where you now have a secondary character who will just basically come out and do little assist moves. This is not a playable character. Like these, these are just specifically mm, okay. cameos. Like you cannot play as Sonya or Kano or mm. Serena or Cyrax or Sector, but you can unlock them for use as as your backup. And and Woody, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm going to blow your mind here. Cameo is not spelled with a C. <laughs> I'm no. sorry. To, I'm sorry to blow your mind. It, is, is it, is it an element of power? Is that, oh is that what it's spelled with? It's a, it's a launch 360 game. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> were, you, were we making the same joke, Woody? Yes. We were, yes. Okay. We were. Sorry, shit. I, sh- I shit all over your joke to make the no, same joke. No, that's okay. It's, it's clearly I, a joke that needed to happen yeah. due to its high hilarity count. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Woody's was more subtle, but... Uh, it was. Yeah, it was yeah, much yeah. better, <laughs> and I crapped on it. Leave it no, well, if it makes you feel better, I didn't quite get the reference until you said it, and then it clicked in my head. There we go. See, we... Yeah. we, we Chris, we compliment we each other. We compliment you, were, you were really my assist there we to should, land we that joke for Exactly. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. Chris isn't playable in the game, but he came in to perform the mm-hmm. fatality mm-hmm. on that joke. Chris yeah. with a K. Chris yeah. with a K. <laughs> Chris with a K. <laughs> but then you're used to doing like the X-ray moves. And, mm-hmm. and this time around, you get to do something similar. It does involve your cameo assist character. And it, I think it triggers when your life bar gets down to like 30%. So okay. you you basically just get like a desperation move where like you have the opportunity to inflict a shit ton of damage and it's incredibly satisfying when you see your opponent wind up for it and you successfully block it and like just continue wiping the floor with them. I am so far like the only thing I'm not crazy about is I really was enjoying the uh the background interactions that you mm-hmm. get to do in like 9 10 11 and yeah, are those gone? I, I the little bit I played didn't seem to have those. Uh I'm trying to remember if I actually like I played through all of the story mode. Mm-hmm. And as we know about the story mode it's really fun but it also kind of leaves out some of the best things about Mortal Kombat. 
like fatalities and character interactions and stuff like that. But the background stuff, I don't remember there being mm. interactive backgrounds in a meaningful yeah. way. Yeah, I, I mean, that wrong. was just my... I just liked chucking that monk. I just mm. always liked picking oh, up yeah, the monk yeah, yeah. or grabbing the guy off the bar stool and just mm. throw him on that guy. Yeah, yeah, that was injustice. <laughs> it, still. it does feel like there's a bunch of stuff... pieces within you! <laughs> <laughs> it does feel like there's a bunch of stuff from, from prior games, but I feel like this is missing certain little gameplay innovations or things like new characters. Because... Mm. Every single one of the characters in MK1 has appeared in a previous Mortal Kombat game. They're reimagined, yeah. so you can technically say they're new, but like, you know, Baraka is Baraka. Reptile is interesting. I never would have really imagined that he'd emerge as like one of my favorite characters, just really sympathetic and also super cool. Yeah, that that is one thing that I I, I thought was intriguing about this, and that it's like, well, this is the Mortal Kombat universe as reimagined by Liu Kang, who became a god after the DLC for Mortal Kombat 11. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the former bad guys are nominal good guys now. Like Reptile becomes this very tragic figure who was always kind of gross and reptilian before. And now he's like this, you know, hot 20 something kid who can uh, <laughs> morph into a giant reptile and, and is good hearted and just wants to help people. And Barack is a Tarkatan but mm. now Tarkat is like a disease that affects mm. people in Outworld. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and and yeah, I I don't want to spoil too much. It's pretty amazing the um the shelf life that Mortal Kombat as a franchise has had. Mm. When you like Mortal Kombat Ultimate Mortal Kombat three or Mortal Kombat trilogy, you know, came out in '96, and it's like we have every character, yeah. and then it's like after that they sort of floundered, like with four, and then the PS2 era, and it was like pretty un clear if the series is going to go anywhere and it's cool that like all this influence that it always felt very comic book influence to me but like the way that they've continually been able to like go back mm -hmm. and like reimagine the chronology has sort of been also very influenced by comic books of like oh this is like a new iteration of the justice league mm -hmm. or yeah. you know the, the way that comics are able to do that. Yeah, so, well, and yeah, Woody and I covered every Mortal Kombat game on uh, our Patreon show back when we were doing Ultra sixty four, mm. uh, which you can still find. It's patreon.com slash ultra sixty four. Wow, way to way to plug a thing that's oh, yeah. been dead nice, for nice. a year. Nice. <laughs> hey. I, I, it was one of the more fun series that we, yeah, like we've ever run. Deception through, like. for life. <laughs> exactly. Like we did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we ran through. We played every single game in the series, and we got to see it grow and evolve. And I actually got really invested in the lore from playing through mm. all of this and mm. there's not a lot of fighting games you can really say that you you show up for the story no that was one of my first like wiki binges back in the day yeah i think on a desktop i can't sleep i'm gonna look into all the stories of every mortal Kombat <laughs> character yeah it used to fascinate me yeah yeah absolutely yeah and, and I, I this is towards the news but there was some like game pass leak the value of mortal Kombat as what microsoft Put on getting it on day one Game Pass mm, was wow, two hundred and fifty okay. million dollars. Yeah, no, it's one hundred and fifty more I than mean, Assassin's Creed, Michael. Hmm. Because oh, wow. because well, even like, I, Mortal Kombat, I, I, I know, but I'm, I'm two MKs behind. I'll always buy Mortal Kombat. It has brand recognition with me. Like it, it's important, uh, even when I don't get around to touching it. Yeah. And, and NetherRealm has really kept the brand fresh, and yeah. you know it, it, it's managed to capture like the charm of those early games. But now it's like really polished, really accessible, and just one of the best looking fighting games out there. Yeah, just really, really fast, really fun, really responsive. 
Uh, I do like it, it. It also struck me that like Mortal Kombat has kind of become it, it's it's like Call of Duty, and then it's just like we're going to give you this massive package of stuff. You're going to yeah. get a highly cinematic story mode. You're going to get a very competent versus mode. You're going to get a bunch of little side modes. Like after you finish the the story, there's like a seasonal story mode where like it's not cinematic. I think the the first one after you navigate through this board game in Johnny Cage's mansion, uh, <laughs> that's the tutorial. And then it's like, oh, this uh, here's a version of Scorpion that's coming in and he wants to burn down all the realms to get revenge and so you have to stop him yeah but like there's the promise that like there will be more stories like this to keep you engaged did you see the uh potential dlc leaks no mildly disappointed because i I love homelander in the game and i hope there's a fatality where you can jerk off the whole onto the whole realm (laughs) um was this if it's real it's disappointing well because it's like uh, cyrax and noob cybot and then like conan the barbarian schwarzenegger version his more interesting character was already here yeah and and, uh, schwarzenegger and he man who is Conan? <laughs> He-Man is totally inappropriate for Mortal Kombat. I that that's the that's what leads me to believe. Like I don't think Mattel is ready to do yeah. that just yet. Wait, when you were talking about his more appropriate character, you were talking about Turbo Man from Jingle All the Turbo Way. Turbo Man. Right? Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yes. yes. Turbo, Turbo Man. Man's all... <laughs> that's an interesting Turbo... that that's kind of the theme they're going with because with their DLC, it's like you know Mortal Kombat 10. It's all like horror icons. Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. 11 is all action icons, and now it seems to be specifically like these sword and sandals type warriors and then homelander randomly yeah, yeah. homelander and oh what's his name omega man no omega yeah uh omni man omni man uh, thank Invincible. you yeah yeah, yeah. The, the, okay. from, from michael the rogan verse please <laughs> the, the seth rogan verse I, th- I think i read something a while ago that like they said oh no they're not gonna play like each other they, they aren't gonna be reskins of each other and mm. they'll probably both play a lot like superman from injustice but who knows that- um We'll find out. That's pretty cool. There is one thing that stuck out to me. Obviously, the game has has some issues on Switch. Um, Issue number one, it's on Switch. Yeah. Yes. People have been posting screenshots, but I did see, I think it was Gene Park had a thread on Twitter saying, uh, yeah, people are saying this is a substandard port, but our civilization is built on substandard ports of Mortal Kombat. Um, I actually would love it if that was just an intentional thing that they did. You know, it's just like, we're going to do a port, but the one on Nintendo is going to be a little shittier. It's going to have VHS tracking errors. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if, like, the the facial animation stuff was like, oh, yeah, no, we we messed up a line of code somewhere in this version, and we'll patch it out No, it seems across... I mean, you should be used to those hits if you're an exclusive Switch gamer. Yeah. Yeah, and I know you exist, but like, uh, what do you care about graphics? Who gives a shit? And and, 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 and and to that end, like when people are put, like, look at these side by side comparisons. Like, yes, the Switch one lurk looks worse. Every screenshot you chose looks terrible anyway. Like, yeah. <laughs> awful. All of them. All the side by sides. And I've seen the game in motion. It looks good. Maybe it didn't need to be seventy bucks. But, I mean, uh, yeah, li- li- those people—people people who complain about that—they can do a side-by-side port of uh, Mortal Kombat on the Game Gear. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> yeah, which was mine as which was my yeah. Mortal Kombat growing up. That was my only Mortal Kombat game. Oh man! Oh my God! Where Steve, me- don't go more than twenty minutes from the house. 
Yeah, yeah I forgot <laughs> to say, ignore the gameplay with last. We're going to Costco to get batteries, yeah. Yeah, just to add some caveats to this, looking at reviews, it looks like there are a lot more problems than just the graphics. Like, it's got choppy performance, it's got really long load times before matches. So the, the, the visuals are just kind of the tip of the iceberg with the Switch version. They also, it, it feels like the last couple Mortal Kombat's, like, they always have to have, like, one celebrity voice actor whose performance kind of sticks out in an unwelcome way. And before it was Ronda Rousey, and now it's Megan Fox. Who just l- listen to this clip. See if you can guess which one is her. Darius and I have been thinking, Sorcerer. That's her. Do not try to renegotiate Havoc. We need proof that you'll deliver. That he's delivered for Natara's Vaternians is all the proof you need. Serena's right. Because of Quan Chi's magic, my realm's people are no longer poisoned by sunlight. We've finally escaped the shadows. Oh, no. Ooh, ooh, Megan. Everyone else. The shadows. Yeah. Everyone else is just like these dire Shakespearean pronouncements. And she just comes in with. We can't help what we are. That we feed on blood doesn't make us evil. You can hear her getting her keys out of her pocket. Oh, Megan, what are you doing? I mean, wow. Oh. It's been a while since I've heard like such a checked out like voice performance in a video. Yeah, game. that's mm-hmm. Tobey Maguire Spider Man one esque. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, and I wonder if it's you know I, I'm I'm sure it's a, a number of different factors. Like we only had her for like an hour and we had to make the most of it. The vocal director was too intimidated to give her any direction. Who knows? But uh, I mean, she's an actress I defend. Like, I think mm-hmm, Jennifer's yeah. body is a legitimately yes. great performance. And that's she's clearly good on New Girl. Like, yeah, that's clearly why they cast her as Natara because it's like, hey, you're you played this vampiric demonic character. Be be that here. It wasn't for her tour de force, and this is forty. Mm. Yes, <laughs> which is where she's a also great pretty performance. funny. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I'm not I'm not anti Megan Fox, but no, it's just, no. It's, it's just I, it's it still baffles me. Like, what does that what does that get you? Like, it sets off something in the. SEO and you get people to pay attention to your press release for a second, but at what cost? Yeah. Is it, is it right? Ronda yeah, Rousey wasn't... made more sense because, like, you know, outside of her fucking political views, she's a fighter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she used to be really interesting to watch. But, yeah. 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 So, I don't get it. yeah, the, the, the story mode also, like, not, I won't get into spoilers, but, like, it does kind of it's it's one of those things where it's like it's really enjoyable moment to moment while you're in it and then when you think about it after the fact it's like did that make a whole lot of sense i guess oh, no. it doesn't matter the prometheus effect but yeah. like yeah it starts out <laughs> as like sort of a buddy comedy with kung lao and raiden who's been like just reborn as a normal dude and and then like they bring in johnny cage and kenshi and now like the buddy comedy aspect expands and now we're just going to focus on Liu Kang and the Scorpion and Sub-Zero and all this other stuff. And it's just like, well, this is still really fun, but what happened to that earlier movie I was watching? Right. Yeah. So it's it's a little bit all over the place, but it still is very entertaining in the end. And that, another thing that surprised me was they did not get Kari Hiroyuki Tagawa back to reprise oh. his role as Shang Tsung. They got a guy who it feels like studied him and was like doing an mm. impression the whole time of his of his Shang Tsung delivery. So very long low sentences. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's a hard one to imitate actually. He, he is. It's it's a very but distinctive he does, voice. 
Very distinctive style, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to getting more into this, and yeah, uh, yeah I'm I'm uh, I'm impressed by what I've seen so far. Yeah, it's it's pretty fantastic. I loved it, and the Jean Claude Van Damme skin I think was a pre-order bonus or maybe he's part of the yeah. premium thing. I don't know, but it is fun because like some of the lines he comes in and does are Johnny Cage lines, and some of them are his own. Like Johnny Cage regular vanilla version is always quoting movies, and uh, he just says like. This is not a street fight or a good night, asshole. And, you know, it's Jean-Claude. I, I won't drag it out too long. I just have to shout out mm-hmm. that I feel like John, like Jean-Claude Van Damme has chilled out so much as an mm-hmm. older guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you think about him in the Street Fighter movie where his ego was so huge and he wouldn't show up and wouldn't do anything. And uh, I think it's just, you know, cocaine's a hell of a drug. And he uh, he gave it up. <laughs> yeah. Now he seems like he's got a really good sense of humor about he himself. Also, and that's a lot of fun. He also can't be as picky. No, exactly. More demanding. Yeah. yeah. It only took them 31 years, but they finally got Jean-Claude Van Damme to play Johnny Cage. Which was I, the, uh, the intention the prophecy from has the beginning. Been fulfilled. Yeah. It's, it's, it, I just think it's nice that it's not just the Expendables where our old action heroes can go to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It can be uh, yeah. Mortal, Mortal Kombat. Kombat. Let's get one last Bruce Willis performance in there. Uh-huh. It's the, the game series made by 80s kids. For 80s kids. I don't like to lose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Lies of P came out. Elsa Pinocchio, yes. Through through Game Pass. Has anyone had a chance to play that? I played it. Not a yet, but all of a sudden I keep hearing about this uh, Dark Souls Pinocchio game, yes. and everybody's like, oh, by the way, this game fucking slaps, so uh, I might have to check it out. <laughs> you guys were talking about this earlier in the recording, and you kept saying Lies of P, like, and I kept... Lies of Pinocchio. Like, yeah, Elza Pinocchio. I-Z-A. Yeah, P, and I was just so confused because I have no idea what this game is. It sounds like some weird bullshit that someone has made up. Um, and I guess I'm not, I'm not going to make too many jokes about it because kudos to a company for like digging some new weird IP and trying something yeah, so, different so, and having success with it. Yeah. So far, the conceit is pretty fucking weird, hmm. uh, but it is. You arrive in a Pinocchio universe that has undergone some kind of puppet-based apocalypse and everyone hates puppets because they've ravaged the town Bloodborne style and everyone's Mm. hiding inside and you have to lie Mm. about being a puppet. Be sure to select lie. (laughs) Sometimes it's so silly and ham-fisted, I just want to stand up and applaud it. But other times, like, this is a neat way of, like, everyone kind of knows this story, but it's not connected to the disney one it's just like yeah. the disney one has so many of the characters that you'll get it you'll get who's who yeah i mean it's it's barely connected to, to pinocchio in in any meaningful way other than like yes that's who your character is and you have a little lamp that's supposed to be like a robot cricket named uh gemini or gemini he's, he's gemini but it's yeah. pronounced gem it's it's spelled gemini mm-hmm. it might even acknowledge that pinocchio is a story in this universe because <gasps> no one's called me Pinocchio yet, but yeah. Geppetto's clearly my dad. Yeah, West West Craven's Pinocchio. Yeah, one of the but first it's, things it's, you need to do is like find where Pino- where Geppetto went. We need it's, him. It's kind of ingenious because uh, it's not really a spoiler, but like uh, you find Geppetto and he's just like, that's where you'll go to upgrade your weapons. <laughs> the <laughs> kind of Italian man, he will he will upgrade your armor. Uh, it's 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 cute, and and, and uh, the thing it does beyond Souls games, I haven't unlocked many left arms yet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, right now I like I have this like fucking scorpion hook shot. Hell yeah, get over! 
and I got I had an electrical burst one, but I just did not like it as much because it has no range. And mm-hmm. whereas this one, like I can yank scrubs over to me rather than let them pick me off, or just stand across. at the edge of a cliff and then yank them over. Yeah, you yank them the huh. fuck off. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, so yeah, yank again. them off, yeah, Michael. Why are you laughing? Is, <laughs> is there a like a show? Is there like an impalement move where you just go up to somebody and like uh, you know, yes. oh, your, your ass looks real skinny today? Stab with your nose, you know? Like I don't know, is, 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 is there something you can do like that or really, really stick it to them? That seems like a missed opportunity. Several mm. hours in the game, but your loads load bar, excuse me, your lie bar. Yeah, eighty nine percent of the game is lied. Yeah. Seriously, lie or die, they, and it's his. That's what he dies. It's his lie or die. It's. I'm, it's, I'm definitely curious. This sounds. Yeah, it's weird. Fun. It's one. Of, it's one of my favorite games of the year because I'm so, kind of hungry for a Souls game. I don't want to go off on this too much, but I, I kind of have. Been, I felt like it was too negative to Armored Core mm. from my from the Souls people from the Frums. Uh, it, it's weird playing, watching them evolve, and not the genre they created. <laughs> yeah. So here's a more traditional souls game. And most of its evolution is it's easier. Like when you get an item, like what the fuck does this do? You can hover over it. But eventually when you go to your like bonfire, which is the stargazer gate, leave me mm-hmm. alone. Uh, it'll, it'll put the icon of what zone you need to use that in and who you need to talk to in that zone to okay. progress the story. It's not, Again, I don't think that's fucking cute in Dark Souls just, anymore. I really it's don't. It's not as like obtuse and yes. yeah. Not needlessly obtuse, not like not I don't have to look up Fextra Life every 10 seconds, but it also like it isn't a challenge. It is not much of a challenge. No. Um, and and I'll say especially uh I think it might be like I picked the great sword. You get three weapon choices when you start out, like a mm-hmm. a rapier, a saber, and a great sword. I went with the great sword and it's like I think it's really OP. Like everything dies in like 3 to 4 hits. And then I, I, you can buy the other weapons later on, and I like switch to the saber, which is supposed to be like the middle of the road thing. It's like this is so fucking weak. Like I feel like I'm doing no damage with this. I haven't used it in a while. Yeah, I'm kind of pissed. I chose the middle of the road. Mm-hmm. But, but you pick up, you can get so many weapons so soon, and then combine them in a way that Souls games don't normally let you do. And if you're a Game Pass member, it's a no fucking brainer. Your weekend mm. is chosen. Yeah. Uh, for for people with Game Pass, it, beautiful, I'm, a brand new I'm game. Intrigued, but as someone who spent the first six months of this year playing Elden Ring, I think I'm cool on this subgenre mm-hmm. for just for like a little bit. But I like, I'll fair. I'll probably come back to it maybe like next year. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, if you have Game Pass and you want a more social experience, uh, there's Party Animals, nope. which just came out. Oh, it did look fun. It, it is it is kind of fun. I feel like I've played games that are very similar to this before, like uh, Oddballers or Sausage Sports Club or um, yeah. Gang Beasts, Gang where like, you have a character who is kind of awkward to control, who, who stumbles around as, as if in some sort of drunken haze, and you can grab things you can punch you can kick you can headbutt you are very wobbly and will have trouble keeping your balance uh you're very easy to knock out and then when you're knocked out other players can pick you up and throw you or swing you around or uh and and the the games are you know from what i've played very simple kind of party style games like i got uh thrown into one that's like a football match where it's like here drag the football across the field to your opponent's goal and try not to get clobbered en route. 
it's fun. If you have Game Pass, yeah, why not check it out? It looks really yeah. good. Fucking neat. Yeah, and uh, Resident Evil 4 Separate Ways DLC is out after we record this week, so we will talk about that Someday love, love will, will find you. Find you. <laughs> yeah. Does, do you, you guys know, um, does this DLC have any quote-unquote new content, or is it just a re-release of the old, the old Resident Evil 4 DLC, which, well, or like the Ada Wong version? I mean, it is stuff. it is the Ada Wong story, but I mean, right. like the, the main game, it's a reimagined version of it, so okay. I don't know how different it is from, from the previous... Uh, I, if, on, I, but... if I were, were to guess, I would guess it's probably deviates more than the main game. That hmm. you can play around a lot more with that tertiary stuff. Probably. We'll Woody, Woody, have you gotten to the Resident Evil 4 remake? I haven't played it yet. I no. haven't. I'm still, I'm still like a generation behind at this, um, at this point. Like I feel mm. like, um, so I feel like, it, relative to what we were talking earlier, I'm in the world of substandard ports. If I want to get into stuff. So I'm waiting to upgrade um, before I start. What are you still rocking the GameCube? Are you? Exactly. He absolutely yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. These these games don't play long on a Steam Deck. I I yeah. downloaded a couple of um, these higher end games on a Steam Deck, and I'm like, this is just not a pleasant way to play RE4. I'm mm. the, yeah, I'm the same. I love my Steam Deck, but yeah, there's certain things you have to you have to acknowledge its limitations. Yeah. I'm not going to play Starfield on that. Oh, you're so cool with your Steam Deck. That's the Switch version of Mortal Kombat, just because it's almost $100. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move along to... Oh, I love it. Keep it. Oh, no. Game over! That somehow uh, patched over the news sound. Shit. Oh, no! Uh, <laughs> I love it. That's the new news sound. It's official. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm I'll happy. fix it in post. Uh, oh, <laughs> I, no, don't even. Yeah, You're creating some new VGA lore here. All right. Uh, so, major, 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 major Xbox leak. Probably the biggest leak of our lifetimes. That was embarrassing, man. I, I feel bad for everyone there. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it sucks. I, I thought for some reason when we were talking about the news, this was leaked as part of the Activision merger trial and this was years old news. No, this was their roadmap mm. for like the next couple of years that was just thrown out in the open. Uh and it's not interesting enough to get really excited about. Well, I mean mm. it's it's kind of neat and like like you know, I I wish that they'd had the opportunity to announce this stuff officially. Uh and it's also like a lot of this is pre-pandemic stuff. So yeah. it's a lot of it is very clearly out of date because, uh, for example, I think the, uh, it, it, the is this when, the, when 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 Microsoft was buying Bethesda? Is this that was when before it? Microsoft bought Bethesda? So I I'm not sure about that. I, I thought I checked again today, and this might be new information. Hmm. Well, it might newish information. Yeah, it might have been from around the same time. But well, in any case, I think. Uh, like according the the Bethesda timeline that got leaked was saying that like they were going to have uh, an Oblivion remaster either this year or last year, and that clearly yeah. has not happened yet. So we can assume that everything's been pushed back a bit. Yeah, assuming when I was saying, it's still happening at all. I was yeah. if you haven't heard me babble on the show drunkenly at this point in the show, uh, like Bethesda's output seemed to have dropped once they were acquired by Microsoft, but if they like divvied off portions of the team to remake Fallout 3 and Oblivion that explains a lot 
that explains yeah. a ton. Like, like the, these aren't quick remakes. These are massive fucking games. Yeah. And, and how much can they possibly fucking work on? So Starfield be was the, intensely scrutinized too. Yeah, know, Starfield was really like the second coming of Christ because we just haven't had a new Bethesda anything in such such a long time. And I thought this might be a cl- indicator as to why. Yeah, if they're working on those internally. Also, if they were, if this is before they were being acquired, they could have been lying. I don't want to go off too much about tech culture, but like, mm. you want yeah. to make it seem like you have more going on when you're trying to get a date. And <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, we're working on an Oblivion remaster because no one else could be, so we're doing it. Yeah, yeah. by us. Although <laughs> that is that's just one part of the leak, mm-hmm. though. Like we saw refreshes, like mid-cycle refreshes for the yeah. uh, the Xbox Series X and S that uh, they're going to be getting more storage. There's going to be a cylindrical discless Xbox Series X with, with two I, terabytes. I immediately hated the Beats by Dre pill <laughs> turned on its side because I love the, the, the cube nature of the Series X. Mm-hmm. But it is... My Series X is on Lies of uh, of Pinocchio mm-hmm. is running real fucking hot. Mm-hmm. And it's form-fitting, but you don't want form-fitting. You want as many surfaces to fire out ventilation as possible, and Xbox doesn't do that on the side right now. Like, yeah. But it's weird, because it's like it can't really offer any more power because it doesn't want to offer... It offers, like, minimal power, but not stuff that'll super enhance your games. It uh-huh. might enhance the life, the life cycle of your machine. Or, uh... in your storage, obviously. It was just... it. it it's a weird stopgap, and I feel like I'm as someone who just got a Series X. I feel like I'm not looking forward to the what was what it called. Is it is there a mock-up released of the cylindrical one? Is it yeah. just look like an is it just like an Alexa basically? Yeah, like a big one. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, <laughs> like a big Alexa. I mean, like that's a, a bummer. Like, uh, say what you will about the PS5, they had the uh, they had the courage to design their entire console after the Spire from Dead Space. Like, I think mm. other consoles should be taking these weird chances like that instead of just here is a shape. But the, but the reason it looks like an alien egg or a vagina in a bookcase <laughs> is because the the <laughs> if you look closely at your PS5, those are all vents running up the front, yeah, the top. Whereas it's all coming up the top of the, the Series X. My Series X runs louder and hotter, I feel like, than my other systems. Yeah. Because of how the PS4 created its fentanyl. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Um, but they also revealed a timeline for the the next, the successor system, which I think they, the, their timeline had it like development on the hardware would be beginning around, or the, you know, the research, the hardware planning would be beginning around now. And then, like, 2029 is the target for the next Xbox system. Wow. Um, again, that might have been changed because of the whole pandemic and, you know, a lot can happen in a couple of yeah, years. Yeah, every, everything you're hearing about the Switch 2 is, like, they don't want to make another Switch. They mm. have to. Mm. Yeah. It's still selling fine. It's just going to look bad in two... It's going to look horrible in two years. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and they have to make one. Speaking of, they talked about, like, one of the leaks was that Phil Spencer really wanted to buy Nintendo. He did, but his quotes in there were like, oh, I'd consider it the highlight of my career if I could buy, like, to acquire Nintendo. And I was just like, me too. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be great if I could acquire Nintendo. But unless you're a hostile Japanese stockholding company, mm-hmm. odds are you won't do it. <laughs> it's not going. To I mean, happen. I this is not like a new prospect, right? Like mm-hmm. they've been kind of like mm-hmm. soft floating the idea of buying Nintendo for years, but I don't think it's ever actually going to happen. The funniest thing in there that I, I did not understand was why Yakuza was accidentally a Microsoft Xbox Series SX exclusive. Hmm. Hmm. And that was just because Sega signed so many <laughs> exclusivity deals in Asia that they couldn't release the PS5 version in America. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. So so like it. So they're like, can we market this? Can we pretend that it's an exclusive? I'm like, yeah, we have the right to do that. Hmm. Um, but yes, I can only tease that, make fun of this while our Sega friend isn't here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, there was other leaks about how much they ballparked how what games day one on game pass were like like gta 5 eh, it's worth five million a month or something like that a month like it just weird fucking numbers but mortal Kombat was super high valued oh yeah 250 million dollars for a launch that's crazy to think of and there was a bunch of shit in there i don't want to get into about how hard it is out there for michael third-party publishers nowadays trying to make hundred million dollar games how can begging. they possibly like calculate the value of something like that? Because like they all, uh, already know how many people are subscribed. It's not like people are going to actively unsubscribe from Game Pass if Mortal Kombat's not I on think, there. I think what they what was not read between the lines is they were sort of acknowledging the failure of the digital storefronts of all these systems. Hmm. Where it is like all the like Rockstar, Ubisoft, like their brands, you know what their game, you know to trust their games when they come out. And that really hasn't, you haven't seen that happen. People don't follow the pattern of publishers and developers like they should be doing, like they would do if they were movies. Yeah. And, and they sort of thought like Game Pass is the model, you know, if you like Grasshopper games, if you like Ubisoft games, like if we lock this down. Yeah, that'll make way more like way more sense as a, a subscription buy than it would be of a seventy dollars at a time buy, and yeah, it's got to be rough out there for thir- there's fewer than ever, and uh, yeah, the, the 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 that leak was insane, man. Yeah, like it was. I guess the the FTC confirmed that it's just like no, no, no. It was leaked on Microsoft's side. Yeah, accidentally, it wasn't. Oh, on, it, we we didn't old. do it. It's not our fault. <laughs> Can't sue wow. us over it. People don't always get fired over leaking stuff but like oh man i would not want to be whoever was responsible for oh man this is like hey you spilled a drop of coffee in the commissary fired Mm -hmm. like like we have (laughs) we'll be looking at you mighty closely yeah because things get leaked it happens Mm -hmm. this is just like disaster scale again i feel bad for the people like this this went out like late i think monday night oh they they also said the switch to is barely barely or on par with the PS4 Xbox One. Hmm. That Somewhere. wasn't part of the leak though, was it? Oh, I think it was. Huh. Um but it was part it was part of uh Microsoft's emails that they were oh, or was that Activision? But maybe that was part of the leaks, I don't know. Hmm. But uh I think it was somebody at Activision actually, so Yeah, it might might have been separate, but I do remember something about how like, you know, that was in Phil Spencer's thing about how like, well, Nintendo, we need to make Nintendo realize that their future is off hardware. So like right. 
and and people saying like, well, that's fucking rich considering that the Switch by itself has outsold uh, Microsoft's yes. last couple systems. That's deliciously rich considering they're more profitable than you as a company. Despite your revenue, they're more profitable. Well, then Microsoft's games division probably, but mm-hmm. Microsoft yes. as a whole is like has like more GDP than a lot of large countries. So I know, but yeah. it just still feels odd for him to say like they got to see where their future is and like. I wouldn't want to emulate Nintendo, but like they're doing something right. And, and yeah. don't want you to emulate Nintendo either, Chris. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's what those players come in. Oh man! Uh, damn it! Radroms.lasertime.org <laughs> just got the cease and desist. Oh, uh, uh, I no, am excited I... to see that there's a Ghostwire Tokyo sequel in the works. Yes. I just finished that game Me? not long ago. It's pretty dope. I am not a fan of most Bethesda games, and, like, I'll give that game a total 6 out of 10 because it does, like, four things amazingly and over and over again, and, like, this needs to be elaborated on. This is a really fun game for what's there. I would love to see a sequel to this. No, Uh, I enjoyed that one a lot, yeah. Yeah, I I like Ghostwire Tokyo a lot. Yeah. It's fun. It's also, you know, not what you think of as a Bethesda game. It's like a Tango yeah. Gameworks game. That yeah, that's, yeah. That's why I, I was very confused as to where this timeline came from, like pre-acquisition of Bethesda or post. Hmm. Uh, because I don't know how many people want one. Yeah. Oh, Dis- Dishonored 3. That was another big thing. Yeah, and, and, and oh, Dishonored yeah. 3. Something like, I think it was called Doom Year Zero. So it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get behind a new Doom game. Sure. Fallout Three remake, put it in my veins. Yeah, come all, on, all that me. were, yeah. all of which were due this year or next. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how. Like all of a sudden, Bethesda is going to quadruple their output in the next two months mm-hmm. or next year, maybe. Also, <sighs> this is just your semi-annual reminder that Fallout Three is almost twenty years old, and uh, mar- time Ooh. marches on, and we are all steadily heading towards mm-hmm. the abyss. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, yeah. I can hear myself getting balder. <laughs> that's what that is yeah oh, jesus cut that out michael cut out me getting bolder <laughs> never no. i thought uh, it was just weird room tone but yeah. no <laughs> i think well no it's was well, the fallout 3 was what 2008 so it was gta 4 so yeah we what 15 years yeah, 15, that sucks. Yeah, yeah. I love. I love that we all have we have pictures of you and me in New York playing GTA Four uh-huh. and mm. you're beardless. We have it cemented in time <laughs> of when GTA Four was coming pictures. out. Um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. So huge, huge leak for Microsoft. I I do feel bad for the people working there who had to wake up to that and and deal with a crisis sucks, of man. immense proportions. Like, oh. Yeah, everything we were planning to announce for years in advance as uh, the public now knows about. So, fuck. Um, that's, that's, uh, I think I've told that story a billion times where, like, I've worked at publishers behind the scenes. And I always tell the DuckTales, we were really, really quiet about DuckTales. Managed to keep it a secret. We, through a third-party agency, quietly reserve DuckTalesRemaster.com. Like, a month before the announcement of the game because you know you gotta and those assholes like call us like is it real <laughs> is it real like the fucking like the domain people like be professional shut the fuck up don't get excited and call us about this yeah. shit there's so many ways for this to leak and be weird and and it's a miracle when you can like secretly announce something I envy any publisher who can still do it in this day and age because yeah. you don't all own your own hosting services you don't own your own like you don't own the social media platform. There's a there's so many people have access. Hmm. That could well, guys, your shit. Um, 
this is this is a good time for me to come in and announce us. Shadow War Secession Two. Yes! <laughs> oh wow! I, I'm yes! a full programmer on it. I've never programmed a game before, but I figure it's not going to be any worse than the original. So <laughs> the Revenge of Erica Storm. Right now, I wanted more Secession, and I don't care how I get it. You, um, you yes. found a hundred dollar bill, Logan, and you can more than yeah, more than it's double right. the original costume budget. Yeah, like this is ba- this is based on the HBO series, right? Uh, yeah. 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 Well, I, I know what Shiv's special attack is going to be. Mm-hmm. It's a Shiv. <laughs> <laughs> what a twist! There's money on the table. Come yeah. on. Uh, let's see. Cyberpunk 2077 2.0 update will be live by the time you hear this. CD Projekt Red has been making some interesting announcements about it, saying that this changes so much, you should just start a new game. Because there's new content added, you can continue, but you might miss some things, things have changed. They're saying, like, on PC, you should consider uninstalling mods, because they might not work right, and they might need to be patched by their creators to work with 2.0. Wow. It sort of sounds like this is the big old patch. Yeah. This is, <laughs> well, this is a gigantic patch, and, like, it, what it what it seems to be is, it's like, this is the game it should have been when it launched. Do over, do yeah. over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how can a company like financially do this like i know that this game you know cyberpunk sold very well but like how can they spend what that game's two two years old at this point three mm-hmm. um yeah. how can they spend so much time pat essentially you know reworking a game and then putting out that content for free because uh, like, a game with that kind of recognition can make them like 200 million dollars throughout the course of the next two, two, three years. Hmm. And I, I it, have to imagine it has something to do with the Phantom Liberty DLC coming out soon also. So yeah. they, they want like, Oh, this is, I thought this was the Phantom Liberty DLC. No, no, no. This is a no. patch ahead oh. of Phantom Liberty. So my, my thinking is it's like, yeah, we want to get all our ducks in a row in terms of the base game so that it can support our vision for the DLC. Sorry. That's what I thought we were talking. Cause I, the reviews are already popping up. Oh yeah. No, then they're, they're quite good. I, I, I believe yeah, also the, the Witcher Three is one of the ten best-selling games of all time yes, at this okay. point. So, mm-hmm. like, they've they got some capital to burn. They've got some run, runway to get it right. It is always interesting to see how these like games evolve. It's it's this and yeah. No Man's Sky and things like that that like are not necessarily like these online MMO type worlds, but they do still get to evolve and change. And like the game can kind of improve over time. It, it's it's always an interesting landscape to see that. And, and if yeah. you're like paying attention to people like elon musk and vivek ramaswamy like your job in tech is to lie until you get enough funding to make your thing a re- your lie a reality mm-hmm. or time and the no man's sky people and the cyberpunk people kind of went with time yeah uh, but yeah it's why it's why all these tech announcements are horseshit because they're all based on lies things things we want to be true to get people interested in our stock prices and our product and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. Um, all goes back to the way of the warrior. They started the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's, that's where it all started. Yeah, yeah Naughty Dog's going to announce after 30 years, we're finally pushing yeah. patch 2.0 of Way of the it's, Warrior. It's it's all the fault of the director of Last of Us Episode 3. Mm-hmm. You need to delete all of your old um, save save games and records from your from your original Way of the Warrior saves. They yeah. won't be compatible with Shaky 2.0. Jake now has a, a an additional frame of animation restored that was ruining the timing on everything else and uh, you but, find but it hey, much more pleasant now. 
He's up to three now. We live in a world where they just don't leave Way of the War here the way it is. No. They do fix things eventually, I guess, if you're going to fib about stuff. And yeah, the last, I think the last, was it the last news story? Oh, no, no. We had uh, Marvel's Avengers. Yeah. Uh, the, The only, like... A triple-A Marvel game that yeah. existed throughout the height of their movies is being delisted. Yeah. Bummer. Uh, it's being delisted. Well, we, we've known for a little while it's being delisted. I put this here as a PSA because it's going to be delisted yeah. after September 30th. 30th. If uh-huh. you want it, it, will, it won't be supported, but it will still be playable after that mm-hmm. date. It is currently on sale on all platforms for $4 for the Definitive Edition, which includes the Wakanda DLC... Uh, so if you've ever been a little bit curious, uh, you know, move now or you probably won't it's, get a chance in the future. Yeah, it's I, good. I, I found the, the first the, the single player mode to be like a passable little Marvel story. It's just yeah. the post game support and like the extended universe of it. I had absolutely no interest in. It was just really clunky. And uh, I think a lot of I'm, I'm is, OK with that part of it going away. A lot of that is being ignored and like um, a lot of the incentive to. You know, shitty free to play buff stuff. That's all gone already. Yeah. So this, you're talking. Like, you're talking. The whole game is being delisted, right? Not yeah, yeah. The whole game is losing online. Yeah. Did they give a rationale for that? Uh, well, I guess they Square lost the license. Oh, or yeah. is uh, was it developed by Crystal Dynamics? Do they? Yeah. They don't still mm-hmm. own them. Crystal Dynamics. Uh, and yeah. yeah, I don't think Square still owns them at this point. Yeah. So. In any case, it is a licensing thing. They're losing the the Avengers license. So they're like, losing a lot of it, but, but like, it is like, man, where was that one big Marvel game during the big Marvel period? Here it is. It'll probably be on store shelves for another few years. But if you want to guarantee you have it, I think it's like, it's like 90% off. Every yeah. Year. 90%. So, it yeah. is, it is literally $4. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's worth a pickup. Yeah. Well, well worth a pickup. It's yeah. it's a good ga- it's a it's a good to great game. I remember being really bothered by the end game stuff Woody was talking about that is like permeates everything. Uh but yeah, because people don't they they said there will there will be no updates after that. Because games we don't support aren't making money, don't get which makes the the, the last news story I thought was hilarious. After 7 years Titanfall 2 Gets a massive update <laughs> hey. to its multiplayer, which has been broken for... It's been seven years. It's been broken <laughs> for a little less than that. They added a new mode titled Question Mark, <laughs> which looks like unlimited missiles. And the you know Apex Legend is still very popular, and that takes place in the Titanfall universe. Mm. Titanfall 2 is a very, very good game. You can get on Game Pass Ultimate. Yeah, I like that nothing. game. It's very, very good. And now, all of a sudden, I think on PC, there's 25,000 people playing the multiplayer for the first time in seven years. And you can matchmake again. It works again. Why would they do this? As a make to show. I mean, yeah, it's just so weird how long the life cycle of a yeah. game is now, you know? And, like, it's nothing's well, ever quite down for the count. Especially a game like this, which was considered a beloved failure, like a commercial yeah. flop. Yeah. That, and, because, and, because, yeah, like the, the, the first game was a, a Xbox One exclusive. Mm-hmm. Remember? Yeah. And yeah. so that, that didn't review well. So when the second one dropped on multi platforms, justifiably, people are like, what the fuck is this? It is one of the best games of that era. Like, it's like in the top 
20, 30 games. I, no, no, yeah, it's, it's, it's fast. It's fun. Very, it's, very it's good. Lot. And it's it's a it's a six hour game that you'll have a great time playing. Yeah, yeah I've yeah, seen this has been fueling some speculation. It's like maybe they're going to exactly. announce a third one. Exactly. Maybe Apex Legend gave Respawn some clout to they, they like they just made a fantastic Star Wars game. Holy shit! What if they th- their dream is to go back to Titanfall? It was one of the things that was never supposed to happen, and this is the only thing we have. I love it when we do a thing about like dormant mech games, and we mention yep. Titanfall, and it's not as dormant as it was three weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's not back. It's just less dormant. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, that's all the news that's fit to play. I guess to borrow Matt's saying, um... game over. <laughs> Game over, as Ralph Julia would say. Uh, so let's move on to the community segment, which is always just segmenting our community. Last week's question of the week was, what is your favorite racing game? Very simple, but we got a lot of really good answers. Do you guys have a favorite? And if you don't, if you don't have a favorite off the top of your head, favorite you may have played from Ultra 64 Wii Universe. Oh man, we we uh, there was the surprise one. I think I remember for me from Ultra sixty four was called World Driver Championship. No, no, I'm going to strike that. It was Beetle Adventure Racing. Oh, that game oh, is that. great. Yeah, that one was a delight. Yeah, that's like uh, a San Francisco a- Rush game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We played a couple of those. I would say overall favorite racing game is still Burnout Three. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's just yeah. fantastic. Yeah, absolutely love that game. Um, yeah, for me, like, I want to say something more clever, like Burnout 3 or F-Zero GX are both beloved, but, like, it's Mario Kart, it's Mario Kart 8. Like, just when I think of, like, the game that I have played the most and that has brought me consistent joy, there's a couple games, like, Smash Brothers or Mario Kart that I just kind of take for granted as, like, just definitive great games, but, like, I've played Mario Kart 8 with so many different people, and I've always had a great time playing it, so. Yeah. I put it on our best top 20 games of all time list yep. for a reason like it is yeah. the yep. if you like Mario Kart it is the far and away best version of Mario Kart that has ever existed oh yeah, yeah no <laughs> it you, still leaves a lot to be desired like Mario if you don't like Mario Kart then like who who are you like what yeah. kind of person are you yeah Man, you're a robot we, we just agree on we just sussed you out Every time we talk about Mario Kart I just get this urge like man I really want to go play Mario Kart and then they never do See? that's the effect <laughs> um well, on the official Laser Time community on Facebook, uh, Brandon Combs said six years before Forza Horizon, there was Test Drive Unlimited. Its basic premise was you are on the Hawaiian island of Oahu. You are given money to buy your first house and a car. Then much, do you have rich parents in this? Then much like Horizon, <laughs> you would drive around the island completing races or screwing around. My roommates and I dumped hundreds of hours over many slices of pizza and Mountain Dew just looking for interesting roads to take high-speed cars or motorcycles on. One time, we found a road with a steep hill that essentially turned into a ramp if you went fast enough on a motorcycle. We spent a whole weekend seeing who could go further in the air. Hmm. That sounds like fun. Yeah, I I wanted to include test drive in there because I felt like that need for speed, at least in my mind, were on par as franchises for a while, and test drive completely went away. And despite making many of the same evolutions as the other games. And, oh, I really wanted to include Ian Fredericks because uh, he's, I'm a little late, but uh, question of the week, Dirt Rally 1 and 2, specifically in VR. 
Even with just a controller, this is a a lot more immersive and realistic feeling experience that I've ever encountered. Adding the ability to turn your head and see what the hairpin you're drifting through is incredible. And I can't recommend it enough. They even made uh, driving early car games like the Mini Cooper fun. I was just playing uh, Motorfest. Motorfest. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you're, you trust you're going through a hairpin turn, but you can't really see what's coming. Like being able to look out the, the side view mirror, which I'm doing on my microphone right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can hear it. Amazing. Like I, I haven't done much driving in VR. I really haven't. Mm. And the, the dirts were, so, uh, someone else had said Colin McRae, and I think that's spiritually part of the dirt universe. Mm. Uh, apologies to Colin McRae's grave for calling it the dirt universe. It, it, well, I just want to chime in on that really quick. It's sure. really weird how few racing games, like, there are on, like, the quest like the quest yeah. store. Mm-hmm. Like, for, for something that seems like it's such a natural fit. And there's, like, some, you know, PC VR racing games, but they're hardly ever marketed like that. It's usually yeah. just like a throw-in additional feature. And on the life. one that was EA Canned, uh, Project Cards. And it, oh, it, yeah. it really seems like one could have a pretty successful breakout of, like, a great racing game for, you know, on the Quest, Quest storefront. Yeah. Right. I think it doesn't happen because it's hard. Hmm. It's hard to make. Uh, as as a mod to your existing racing game. But, yeah, I don't know of any racing games designed with VR in mind at all. Prove me wrong, uh, community. Chris Leosa says, uh, Gran Turismo 2. I didn't understand the first since I couldn't play like Ridge Racer or Need for Speed. (laughs) So by the time 2 came out, my brain developed enough to figure out how cars are supposed to work. So I jumped in and quickly realized that this game felt endless. It was such a huge setup in terms of content with 650 cars and almost 30 tracks. The climb from a crappy used Honda to the Suzuki Escudo with over 1,000 horsepower (laughs) felt like such a power trip as I listened to Dragula over and over again (laughs) as Rob Zombie once again. (laughs) Luckily, my cousin was visiting for a month and did all the crap I didn't want to do. Getting the licenses, (laughs) grinding races, building a stash of cash. GT3 was a lot of fun as my friends came over daily. It looked incredible. Uh, but GT2 is where my fondest memories lie. It, yeah, it might be the best Gran Turismo game. I still I still can't wrap my head around Gran Turismo. No, <laughs> well, no, that's, no. That's, that's the thing. What the green shells? Um, Gran, Tur- Gran Turismo didn't get a lot of time. Like this, That was the only time it iterated on the same platform it was on. So, Gran Turismo 1 looked really pretty. Gran Turismo 2 made it, like, a better game. I see. And, and those games are still... Never had the luxury. Like, I've never been a big fan of that particular genre, but those games still are pretty objectively gorgeous, like, to yeah. this day. They were real technical accomplishments. Oh, yeah. And I just... I, I want to point this out to you, Chris and Michael and Steve. You know that there was a Gran Turismo movie that just came out? And I'm going to yes, tell you something about this movie. It was based on a true story. Based it was. Oh my God. What? 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 <laughs> it was based on a true virtual story. Did anyone see that? I didn't catch it. Matt did. Yeah. <laughs> he, okay. he loved it. Said it, was it, was, it was like number one movie of the, of the year. Office. It was like did a big he movie. Yeah. That it was based on a true story? He did. Because he did. He know I hear it's based story. on a true story. He adequately imply that it was based on a true story. <laughs> this is what David Harbour <laughs> was enough. doing before he got Stranger Things. He was yelling <laughs> oh, at gamers on a racetrack. Uh, all right, so moving down the list, um, these are from Twitter. Alex Easter 8 says, Sega Rally, it's the best. That's just science. 
I used a stolen North Korean sub to elaborately heist a cabinet off a cross-channel ferry. But if you don't have a Cold War-era decommissioned Tango-class sub lying around, the Saturn version is mint, too. Uh, Project (laughs) Gotham Racing uh, 2 and OR2 close second. What's OR2? I don't Uh, know. I don't know. I don't know, but I feel like my Winter Soldier protocol was just activated. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) I deliberately made you read the one before this, Steve, because I wanted to read this one. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, this is, somebody's confessing to something. That's going to bug me. At Damn Bird Shit says, anyone that doesn't say The Adventures of Bayou Billy <laughs> is a straight-up liar. You had racing, light gun shooting, and crocodile jump kicking all in the same game. Woody and I have talked about this a lot, that it's astonishing that more games did not capitalize on the driving-slash-light-gun crossover. It was yeah, Bayou Billy, it was Starsky and yeah. Hutch, mm-hmm. and that's kind of it. It was an arcade was- game, yeah, called Lucky and Wild that, oh, yeah. Yeah. in my... <laughs> In my, my time of a very free Saturday, I managed to um, set up a steering wheel and a send-in light gun to play Lucky and Wild wow. self. Nice. <laughs> oh. I wish I was Woody. <laughs> Living the dream. Uh, that's and, and Bayou Billy, I'll never forget. Like as as a as a kid, the way it was presented, like I've never heard of this, but the way the advertisements are making it seem, Bayou Billy is the most important franchise of my generation. And I should oh, yeah. mention. And I didn't realize how little it was. Yeah, I, really I, I still remember it mostly because of the Archie comics that were yeah. done from the, the tie-ins. It's like, yeah. why? Why yeah. was that done? Because <laughs> the Archie people don't give a fuck. Yeah, they, re- they really leaned into the whole, like, Cajun accent. Like, he kept calling women shares. And- yeah. And- yeah. <laughs> he was capitalizing on the joint popularity of Gambit and uh, Crocodile Dundee. I feel exactly. like that's his whole yes. deal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. To Lord Quamley, he says, Jet Moto 2. <laughs> Uh, if my nostalgia recalls correctly, the controls were impeccably tight. It had physics straight out of a textbook, and the map design was flawless and in no way occasionally confusing or antithetical to the mechanics of the uh, motos themselves. <laughs> uh, all I know is that I spent hours finding the best lines, jamming out to an amazing synth hair metal soundtrack courtesy of the single track Pinnacle Music Group, um, who, the folks who brought us Twisted Metal, and hands down, the most fun, sweaty palm, final course that had uh, you literally and inexplicably racing through heaven and hell. Remake, please. Yeah, that this guy's really made a case for it. This sounds great. Yeah, yeah. These are the halcyon days of jet ski games. We had a we had a little brief burst of them with like Wave Race and the Jet well, Moto the, the, series, the, and they're all pretty fun. Well, the jet the Moto Halcyon. was like hover bikes, also, and I, I remember thinking oh, yeah. like. Oh, this is just a lame ripoff of Wave Race. They don't even have the the wave physics. Like, no, it's its own thing. No, yeah. it's awesome. it's even better. It has a fucking grapple gun that you can use to like oh, nice. whip around hairpin turns. Like the Jet Moto games are great. It was just that phenomenon I haven't bitched about in a while, where like Sony finds a success and it like makes annual versions until you're tired of them in five years. Yeah. And Yep. The Jet Moto games should have still been around. I would be racing around in a Butterfinger <laughs> Jet Moto right now <laughs> had they shown a little restraint. So at Raccoon Hale says Star Wars Pod Racer. And first of all, I'm going to be pedantic and say it's Star Wars Episode One Racer. Yeah. Uh, but whatever. <laughs> Uh, which allowed you to race as a bunch of random characters that appeared for a microsecond in the movie and upgrade and someone customized their pod racer. Definitely love playing that game. Unfortunately, only two player if memory serves. 
Yeah, that game is the reason I know who Ben Quadraneros is. Hmm. Like, I don't think I would have hold down, held on to that pearl at the expense of my mother's birthday <laughs> <laughs> were it not for Star Wars Episode One Racer. Just backing that up, yes, it is only two-player, and certainly on the N64, when you play two-player, the frame rate gets pretty janky. Got rough. Got really rough. Yeah, that, the game, that was one I grew up with, and the, uh, the replay for Ultra 64 revealed it didn't hold up quite as well as I'd hoped. Uh, one of my favorite stories about episode making Episode 1, if you've heard... You made one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you defiled the memories of a generation, Chris. <laughs> Greg, Pro- Greg Proops was talking about, like... Um, Greg Proops, the the Who's Line guy. I don't know yeah. who Greg's Proops is, Chris. Yeah. I know. I was explaining for the non-Woodrows in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> he was talking about, like, uh, yeah, they we went in to film our scenes live action, and my partner filmed it in a different language. None of that made the movie. But the time I met George Lucas, he's like, you want to see the Padre scene? Mm-hmm. That was the only finalized thing in the entire film. Like, nothing that they shot or did made the movie. The Padre scene, he had a little TV, and he showed him what it would look like. This is this is going to make our movie. And when you watch that movie now, it doesn't hold up great, but it's like, it is the best sequence in that awful fucking movie. Mm-hmm. You can see why they, like, we have to have a game based on this. And I, I admire that, like, at least... The game's legacy still holds up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, best game based on that movie. It's a lot yeah. better battle for Naboo. By a long shot. Just, just imagining just, him I, being like, oh, yeah, yeah the, uh, these things keep popping up that are delaying the rest of the movie. Someone told me they're called actors. I'm just going to paint them out. By, by the way, have you seen that? That I keep seeing it on, on social media reels of like, they're shooting a documentary and then George Lucas walks in the background and looks in the camera and tries to get out of the shot as soon as possible. Like, how lucky can you be? Even if he doesn't so say sorry. anything. Uh, my bad. I'm, I'm dressed exactly like his flannel. Uh, <laughs> well-coiffed hair. Uh, holy shit. Would I love to see George Lucas the wild. I've still never seen him. I yeah. saw him once in San Rafael just walking around. And yes, he was dressed exactly the way you'd expect. I think he was with yeah. his son. Yeah. yeah. Where were we? Uh, fun in, fun install says correction, install. sir. Full install, thank you. I like fun install. Also, a good yeah, name. Fun install. Mm. Um, correct answer. Burnout three takedown. Pretty pretty correct answer. Uh, we all downloaded that Von Bondi's album after come hearing on, the featured track. Yeah, before release it, realizing the rest of their songs were shit. Uh, no <laughs> offense. So so uh, that that. Sorry, Van Bondies, if you're listening to this. The reader doesn't mean any offense. Mm-hmm. Um, he, lo- he loves the intro to Rescue Me and nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Milestone of just before games transition from arcade-style fun to cookie-cutter blueprints of shooters and realistic stimula- simulators. Not stimulators. Um, but I have to highlight Midtown Madness 2, yeah. one of the first semi-open world racers that didn't take place on a fixed circuit which for the time had amazing graphics paired with a British environment, something that was a rare setting. And once you realize the game is developed by Rockstar, you see the enjoyable, fast-paced foundations of GTA 3. It's a forgotten relic, much the same as Motocross Madness. Yeah, man. So a couple couple Madness games reference here. That's Burnout 3 Takedown, Midtown Madness 2, and then Motocross Madness. Mm. Not confused with Midnight Madness. Uh... I just saw Eddie Deason is appearing at a Comic-Con near me. Is he allowed out of jail? What, what happened with that? Yeah. Right. You, okay, you're exactly where I am on that. Didn't that guy assault several people? And be, 
like uh, he cannot he's not fit to stand trial, but I can come to a Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm at a season. He's been banned from every Applebee's, but otherwise, <laughs> I think he's out. Yeah. He assaulted a waitress. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's not great. Well, we apparently had an obsession with beforehand, but uh, eh, anyway, at King Ruptor says the only racer I've ever really clicked with was Diddy Ooh. Kong Racing. So good. I even yes. overwrote all the course time trial ghosts. My only gripe is they tease a sequel and a Lucas in mirror mode, uh, and we're never getting one. Yeah, yeah. that's a bummer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we talked about that one. Uh, yeah, it's still, it's still a pretty fun game. It's but... never been my go-to. Like I, I've always preferred Mario Kart to or Mario Kart sixty-four to Diddy Kong Racing. Oh but... no, no, I'll never say like it's. Uh... Diddy Kong's a better racing experience. It was a single-player racing experience that had a world and progression yeah. where no other kart game has. That's what Mario Kart is going to do next. It's the yeah. only thing they can do. Diddy Kong Racing is one of the most Nintendo 64-y Nintendo 64 so games. Because so. it's like, hmm, what, what's success on this system? Kart racers mm-hmm. and games where you have to collect a bunch of random crap. Like, yeah, yes. Let's combine them. Yes, and polygonal monkeys apparently yeah. are you. <laughs> they were um, gold back then. Also, we have at Jeff BTW saying my answer is super obvious, generic, and probably just one of a million other of the same response. But I felt the need to answer my favorite racing game of all time. Like everyone else, is of course Motor Tune Grand Prix, and he's got a, a video link. No idea what this is. Is it the purple car? We, we all just we all just went silent to follow the link. <laughs> Every time I feel like Roger Rabbit should have been bigger, there's evidence like this. Like, yeah, wasn't enough to copyright. Yeah, well, I'm in a world of cartoons. Remember to to buy your phone on Sprint Wireless and like <laughs> the well, shit like this. I, I didn't even know Motor Tune Grand Prix had come to the states. It might have been a, a European thing, but like that's the one that had the art by. Um, I'm blanking on their name, but did the art for Maximo and all the Famitsu covers. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not forgetting the name, too, but yeah. I know the name, too, and I'm forgetting it less than these two. <laughs> <laughs> Matashita. I, I don't even know the name. So. Yeah. Oh, shit. Did Steve just pull it up? <laughs> I looked it up. So Sumo Matashita. Oh, yeah. oh, boy, Steve. Yeah, very very distinctive art style. But that was that was cool to see on the, the, the cover of a PSX game case. Anyway, uh, yeah, we also have some Blue Sky answers. We got a bunch of Blue Sky answers wow. uh, since since last week. I'm proud I'm proud of all of you for leaving Twitter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bonies55 says, Super Sprint, the cab was amazing, and the cornering was so lime. Yeah. yeah. It did I not practice like... Santeria. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Super Sprint knows. doesn't get enough credit. Um, I feel like that, yeah. was, that was a beloved, like, late 80s, early 90s game. No, am I thinking of the Iron Man uh, the monster truck game? Maybe they're they're very similar. I hope oh, so. Yeah. Remember, right? Um, yes. Yeah, so the the Dork's Delight says Tide Ridge Racer Ridge Racer Type Four or Gran Turismo Three. 
They're both different ends of the racing sim spectrum, but there's just endless amounts of vibe and character from each of the game's music choices and menu vibes. Ridge Racer 4 is like the sexy house romp, whereas GT3 is all smooth, easy listening, and jazz, yeah. baby. Folks, uh, Hooters Road Trip is still up for grabs. Like, nobody's <laughs> yeah. come out with that one yet. I mean, it's still out there. Roadside Picnic says, uh, Burnout Paradise. A bunch yeah. of friends and I consumed mushrooms back in 2008 and watched our friend play it for 40 minutes before realizing it was just the demo start screen. <laughs> we had been watching the whole time. Aside from that, love the game. <laughs> Sounds more like just an endorsement for mushrooms, honestly. Yeah. 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 I think looking at the answer, like Burnout, you know, every uh, variations on Burnout was the hottest answer. Yeah. Burnout, burnout, burnout. It's fun. Oh, yeah. People it's love great. burnout. And Ho- yeah. Hopefully, someone at EA has three hours in their time to listen to the show and get to the uh, yeah. thesis. <laughs> final, final answer also, burnout. Uh, GamerSwift13 says, Burnout Legends for DS. It calls itself a racing game, but the most fun I had with it was the crash mode. Well, that's Ugh. the most fun anyone had with the burnout. Uh, yeah. Where you just drive as fast as you can into traffic or an intersection and try to cause as much damage yes. as possible. By causing other vehicles on the road to crash as well. Ah, uh, I miss my OGDS. Your Ogdas. Nice. Um, I, I keep I keep finding mine except my my primary 3DS. It really fucking bothers me. Because hmm. that's the one I, I spent, I dropped like hundreds of dollars into. Uh, I think I, I went through a depression blackout and I gave it away to somebody thinking oh, I would man. be dead the next day. I, I Ooh, keep, good, good God. I keep stumbling across DSs while cleaning and it's just like, you know, this is a vintage system. I should be I displaying know. this somewhere. Why do I have like three of them crammed into a junk drawer? Like, like I said, I've, like, made, uh, I've made a retaining wall. <laughs> we are not Richie Richies, but like uh, the DS lasted so long and sold for so cheaply. I have seven of them several of which I stole from various employers. Uh, I have seven 3DSs. They were so cheap you got away with stealing them. Yes. They did not notice. New question of the week. What's your favorite Mortal Kombat fatality? I think for me it's still the classic Sub-Zero spine rip. I know that's that's kind of a boring pat answer, but that is the first one that springs to mind. Uh And yeah, it's just, just fun to do it was even fun to do on the Super Nintendo when they turned it into like, now I'm going to freeze my opponent solid and turn him into an ice statue and shatter it and it'll be totally bloodless. And even though that's that's more thematically appropriate fatality for an ice ninja. But uh, yeah, yeah the, the spine rip was always like the sought after thing that only Genesis kids could do. <laughs> and, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it's I'll, I'll never forget. Um, I was talking to someone about going to Vermont. Lately, Vermont was like one of the most magical states I've ever been to. Mm. Just that there's nobody there but white people and dandelions. You apparently offended Steve with your endorsement of Vermont. I know. Yeah, I know. You said Vermont is the most he, magical state you've ever been to, and he's Steve New, ha- meeting. New Hampshire all day. <laughs> uh, my my extended Sorry. family lives so on the border of Vermont, they irregularly experience border crossers. Uh, on uh, in their, on their property, mm-hmm. and you know, like good white liberals don't fucking call anybody or like make a sink about it. But it's like it is like it's weird. Co- fleeing through Canada, who knew it was a thing? Uh, but I have a, a cousin that I don't see outside of every five to ten years, and we always bond over video games. And I remember he was the first human I knew who like he saved up his money in like the nineties and bought a pinball machine. For like 
$600. They're like 13000 now <laughs> if you want a, a pinball machine. And he's like, yeah, he's like, this is the, uh, the game I'm playing. I love this Mortal Kombat game. And he didn't, there's no internet. He's in the middle of nowhere. He didn't know what fatalities were. And I remember, like, I just remember a scorpion R up up. He's like, what the fuck was that? I thought they were just calling the death, of, like, forecasting the death that happens in the game. You can do what the fuck? Like, he's freaking out. Like, I'm like, dude, every <laughs> character has two of these. All eight characters can, can do this. And, like, and we spent another nine. I remember, like, we were in the basement and his parents would call and he had a Garfield phone. But, it, <laughs> it, like, it, it only had the programming of the alarm clock. So it would be Lorenzo Music going, hello, hello, time to wake up. And, like, we're doing fatalities. Click. Uh, <laughs> click. It was my one of my favorite gaming memories of all time. Like, him not knowing there were fatalities in the game because there's not uh, in game a, a way that explains that to you uh if you go to a small school live in an internetless place in 1993 uh 94 yeah showing my cousin that there were the fatalities existed is one of my favorite gaming memories of all time i just talked to him the other day so also yeah. very cool. for me it's uh the fatality where cyrax drops a bomb yes. and then he proceeds to drop another bomb and then another bomb until he fills the whole screen with bombs and then the um pan, pans out to a picture of the whole earth and then the earth explodes and it says fatality um because it was so different than all of the other fatalities where it would actually le left the screen of the fight and i just I, it was so goofy to think that he destroyed the earth and then you would proceed to the next fight. It's, yep. Yeah. That one, I remember the first time I saw that, I was just. Okay. I, so let me modify mine to say Bo Rai Choi. When I did the uh, Gamey's Greatest Farty Butts video, <laughs> um, did you talk about Tattoo Assassins? It was, well, that was the game that, that was available. Farty Butts. And we, were, we, we focused on only. And I couldn't pull off the... I think Michael or somebody else had to pull off the fatality for me after, like, two hours. Jesus. But Bo Reich, unlike Tattoo Assassins, which, like, is kind of their kiss animations, which they turn into their butt slime acid fart animations, <laughs> Bo Reich, like, he lights it up and he acknowledges he farts in mm. uh, Deception. I like that Bo, like, Bo Reich's name is a Spanish pun. Even though What's he's that? he's supposed it's supposed to sound vaguely Chinese, but mm -hmm. it's it's just a play on borracho, which means drunk. Yeah. What? Okay. Which he is. He has yeah. impulse control problems, which is why mm -hmm. he can fart so good. Yeah. 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 Uh, he, he's I'm Luke King's minister. Sorry. Mm. Oh no, you're all good. I'm, I'm partial to the uh, Mortal Kombat 10 Goro uh, fatality where he punches the character's head into their chest cavity like it's whack-a-mole and then oh, yeah. opens up the chest cavity and there's a head sitting in their stomach. So gross. So over <laughs> the top. It. Pretty funny. Yeah. And uh, that's my favorite thing about Mortal Kombat. The, the, we did a whole laser time about it. How it was the most controversial game of all time, period. GTA, Call of Duty, they don't come mm -hmm. close. No. And now it exists and passes everything anyone complained about and yeah. no one... Yeah. says a word that that's the, thing. the thing that we love about it yeah yeah it used to be like this scary punk rock thing that like really pissed your parents off and you look at that 
the the 30-year anniversary Mortal Kombat commercial that they did, and it's like people from all walks of life getting together. Mm-hmm. It's it's like I'd like to buy the world a Coke, but yeah. it's with Mortal Kombat. <laughs> and then you rip got out like, its spine. Yeah, yeah, middle-aged dads pushing baby carriages screaming, Mortal Kombat! And so it's it's all about inclusiveness and fun now, and we we've yeah. gotten like we're so used to the violence that it's just like that's just part of the package. Yeah, because remember when like they did Mortal Kombat versus DC, and we're like, yeah. are they yeah. going to stop the violence? That's not they did what yeah. any of us buy every Mortal Kombat game for. That fuck yeah, which I didn't even realize. Like that's where that whole cinematic storytelling approach that they do now started. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, yeah, and so so they they've been doing that for roughly half the lifespan of Mortal Kombat for it about might fifteen have years. Been by the way, where 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 Warner Brothers decides to buy them. Mm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, because like those are are, are are the Injustice games not the best DC games that they are come out now? Yeah, I think they are. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I wanted to say, Woody, that planet fatality, I believe, returns in Mortal Kombat. Oh 1. shit! So oh, amazing. that's pretty cool. I also want to change my answer because the clear answer is Johnny Cage's Mortal Kombat Two version of his head punch fatality. Because you could pull it off in such a way that, like, I think it was like forward, forward, down, up, punch. But then if you hold down, if you hold down on the joystick and I think low punch, low kick and the block button, he would perform the punch two more times and a new head would appear each time. Yes, so he punches, I punches <laughs> oh, off yeah. three heads. And and I, I I remember doing that in an arcade once to like a little kid who came up and played against me, and I kicked his ass and then pulled that off and I just kind of looked at him and he looked at me and our eyes met and I realized like I've done something terribly wrong. And he <laughs> shot the ground and that. took his Borden's money. Yeah, I I thought I was showing him something cool and now I've re- I realize I've completely demoralized him. <laughs> Poor kid. Oh. I'm sorry, kid. Anyway, I think I think we should get him on the show and you should. You guys should argue and fight. I think he's going to be impossible to track down. Uh, anyway, uh, so what is your favorite Mortal Kombat fatality? Let us know. Go to get the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer. Ping us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse or answer us on Blue Sky at VG Apocalypse. And we will read the answers on next week's show. Anyway, that's been our show. Once again, Steve, Woody, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I've got uh, two shows, Cinemarcade and Puppet Masters Castle Freaks. Uh, you could hear me on the Laser Time uh, Patreon community quite a bit on 80s in depth. And uh, hey, Ultra 64 and Wii Universe is still out there. You can still listen. Uh, we still get some pretty solid downloads every month, actually. Nice. So people are still uh, listening to the show, which is great. Um, yeah, feel free to check those out. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, oh, sorry, go ahead, Woody. No, if you if you want to hear me, that's the way to do it. You have to hear me in the past, or just listen to this episode over and over. That's true. Uh, you guys are some of my favorite podcasters I've ever oh, worked with. And, thank you, um, uh, Steve. You say Puppet Masters Castle Freaks? You plug that one? It's yes. Just time yeah. for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Steve is joining us for our Halloween Patreon conversation about the Evil Dead series. Ooh, so much we'll fun. Go. Such a fun uh, watch. The, the yeah. most Halloween-y series that there is, really. It's oh, yeah. pretty fucking perfect. I, I'm, I'm seeing someone who's just like, I don't like spooky and gory. Army of Darkness is fine. Like, oh, I don't know about Army of that. Darkness past because it is very gory and very, it has spooky things in it but like it it, it transcends all that like yeah. evil dead is is wonderful 
And uh, we encourage you to join us at patreon.com slash laser time for five bucks. Over 100 podcasts, many with Steve, hopefully more with Woody, hopefully never with Michael. Never. Um, never. Yeah, screw that guy. Don't, don't ever invite me on. There. I fucking suck, man. There's plenty with Michael on there. Video <laughs> Game Apocalypse Guide, and the rare times that uh, Michael, Matt, and I finish a game early enough to talk about, we'll talk yeah. about it there. We really should do more of those. It, it doesn't happen a lot. That's true. Maybe it could Maybe. happen with Mortal Kombat 1 if... if Get on it, Chris. Well, thank you, thank you for having me on. It was uh, it was fun to stretch my podcasting jowls. (laughs) Thank you for coming on. This has been a lot of fun. Yes, thank you so much. So, as always, follow us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse and at Blue Sky, and I am also Wikiparas W I K I P A R A Z at both places. Anyway, um, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Uh, sorry, Woody, you're coming in a little bit hot. Like, well, thank you. Sort of, no, That's... I mean, just sort of <laughs> distort. <laughs> That's a good secret sound. Um, could you maybe like turn um, down I'll the gain? I'll turn down my mic? gain a little bit. Yeah, is that you, is you. that a little better? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, cool. Um, cool. So yeah, that's, that's the kind of compliment you want to get. Yeah. You want to get in podcasting world. Hey, I just want you to know you're coming in a little hot. Yeah, a little, <laughs> a little hot. Hot, making stuff us coming through. Nice. Yeah.